Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, September 10th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 425. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined today by Patrick Klepek. Blown away by that intro. I just I've gotta, gotta bring the energy today. Rob Zachney. <laughs> Good morning. Silent. Uh, <laughs> Rob didn't I was like, speechless. I was like, oh no, I'm not prepared for this level of energy. I'm just like, whoo! Like, I don't know how to match that. You sapped it out of Rob. It. You had that's to, take, right. you had to take it from Rob in order to make the intro I, work. That's exactly right. And Ricardo Contreras, how you doing, Ricardo? Good. I need more. Coffee. That's what I'm talking that's about, what I'm baby. Talking about. There we go. <laughs> that's the energy we need. Ricardo fires off God a gun. Bam. <laughs> Oh, uh, how is everybody doing, Rob? Welcome back. How was your time away? Oh, it was it was great, man. Uh, it really <laughs> it drove a uh, it, it showed a stark difference between like vacation, Rob, and work, Rob. And man, vacation is where it's at. I don't vacation know what I'm doing back seems here. Great. <laughs> seems like seems like a mistake to have come back. What'd you do that was so different? Uh, slept. Eight hours a night. Ooh, ah, uh, yeah. Walked my dog twice a day. Damn. Hung out with my partner. <laughs> Damn, uh, he living. Wow. That's life. Vacation <laughs> Rob is just a beast. Oh, played 35 <laughs> hours of judgment. Got to the <laughs> bottom of things just before lost judgment. How I was you like, about, are you feeling good about judgment now? Are you, I mean, I'm you already liked great. it. But like, no, I'm see. I was I thought I was I was like, yeah, judgment's pretty good. No, no, no. I was the start <laughs> of my upward climb. Like we hadn't hit the boosters yet. So, OK, important, important judgment update. Yes. Beep, 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 At beep. no point have we ever described what this game is actually about because it doesn't begin tipping its hand until like seven hours in. Okay. Because ah. in my mind, it's about a lawyer who stops being a lawyer and becomes a private investigator. And then is there a second killing? No, there's not. Because the second killing. Oh, there's happened. so many killing. Dude, the body count. Like, oh, no. Oh, More yeah, people get killed. So many oh, people fuck. die. So the thing is. You know how it's like, man, he got a guy off uh, murder beef and then that guy killed his girlfriend. Yeah, he was like yeah. so shattered by that. Little things like the last we talked about this, it was like, huh, the current case seems to loop back to that case a little bit. Not a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Things the game didn't tell us. Uh, both of those murders centered on a pharmaceutical research lab. Let's fucking go. Hmm. And. Hmm. This is this, is, this is the coolest conceit for this game. It's like it is such a uh both down to earth uh like central mystery, but also it's like so disturbing to contemplate. 
the pharmaceutical research lab, the, the first victim, the victim uh, where you took the case and you got the guy off, was a dementia patient at a elder care facility connect, as part of this huge medical campus mm-hmm. connected to a pharmaceutical research lab. The girlfriend who got killed was also a nurse at this oh. facility, and she was dating the guy who was originally accused. What you learn about 10, 7, 10 hours into judgment is that this place, the ADDC, is working on a moonshot drug to cure dementia. And like it gets super it gets super real. Like when they introduce this, they're like, look, uh of all dementia cases, 70% are due to Alzheimer's. Huh. When you look at Alzheimer's prevalence in aging populations, the numbers get real scary real fast. And the premise for this is Japan is facing like right. we talk about like right. the graying of countries, but like when you're talking about a population that's already old and about to become like substantially elderly, what they lay out is this is a bomb about to go off mm-hmm. in the lives of prime working age people as suddenly their lives become about taking care of older relatives who frequently because of dementia stemming from stuff like Alzheimer's cannot take care of, cannot take care of themselves. Um, and it's like, this is the part like judgment drops any goofiness here. Judgment gets real. Like this is a real thing that affects people. Mm-hmm. Um, like being a caretaker for a relative is a, can be a shattering uh, grind that seem seemingly goes on forever. This drug they're working on at this lab would cure that and allow these people to continue living independently. And because of that, the government of Japan has basically been like, again, this is our moonshot. Like, whatever it takes. Give them the space they fucking need. Yeah. Right. And so what you begin to uncover is that was that first murder related to the development of this drug and has there actually been a trail of bodies piling up around this development program uh, about this drug that may or may not work? Um, and it gets into, like, again, some really cool, um, like, academic journal type stuff where they announced with a lot of fanfare mm-hmm. really preliminary findings and made some wild promises about, like, the viability of this drug based on, like, mouse testing. And from there, it all gets tied up in there was because this is a Yakuza game. Would you be shocked to know (laughs) that a Yakuza clan had made a substantial bet against this company, assuming it would collapse soon and they'd be able to take over the real estate for their entire campus? Now we're talking, baby. What if I told you? So the drug that's going to save first Japan, but inevitably the developed world as far as this game is concerned uh first this is in play but then also it's all about oh, that real estate real estate development time baby at, it's at one point, seen it coming yeah <laughs> one point a uh, yakuza boss comes out and he's like with the size of this medical campus you could build like four or five camarochos <laughs> <laughs> and i was like indeed it was it'd be so much oh uh so the entire from from there, the game really takes off as you begin unraveling this and it becomes much more like first you have the digging through the old case to realize that, like, there's all this weird context around it. But then you have the great 
noir trappings of as you get closer to it, you start to realize how small you and your friends are in this world, the forces you're up against, right? Like it, it goes from, you know, at the early part of the game, you're, you're, you know, dealing with like low level Yakuza types by the middle of the game. It's like armies of government, uh, like officials just like walling you off, uh, from anything you're trying to do, uh, here in the end game, it's been sort of a, I just had an awesome sequence where like you catch the guy, you catch him red fucking handed. And you're like, I put it all together. Mm-hmm. Jacques and your buddy, the prosecutor shows up with her boss, the chief prosecutor. And he's like, I didn't see shit. <laughs> and they just like in front of you clean oh. the entire thing up. Incredible. Um, yeah. So like. So judgment, better than you could have imagined. Truly, truly going to heights. You could not have, you could not have, have predicted. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's still it's still Yakuza game. Like, don't get right. me wrong, I played still a lot the of shit out of a bunch of randos in the street. I beat up so many randos. I got involved in some real weird cases. I found a lot of lost kittens. Um, Those kittens I, are cute. To be fair, I dated a variety of completely inappropriate uh, romantic partners uh, for, for all Ta. part of the case, baby. Yeah. It was, it was like inappropriate um, because they shouldn't be dating you. You are the inappropriate one. And you realized in yourself that you just, you shouldn't be you anywhere should not near be. me. I'm a nightmare. It, I, yeah, it's, there's, there's a variety of um, like, just to give you, so my, my favorite girlfriend uh-huh. in this game uh, is a, uh, what I would call a big titty fortune teller. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so you run into her on the street and uh-huh. she's like just telling people, hey, do you know that I see an impending doom in your future? And people are like, get the fuck away from me. And she comes to you and she's like, hey, I'm, I see impending doom for people and they don't believe me. Can you help them out and like stalk them and save them from their impending doom? And Yagami's like, yeah, I got nothing better to do. Uh, 15,000 yen, uh, cover it. And she's like, great. So you help her out and she's like, I really feel strongly about you. I think we're, (laughs) we're a great team. And I'm like, well, that is a very fetching, dark, uh, ankle length robe you're wearing. It's like a sexy monk. Uh, and so I was like, how can I resist? All this sounds appropriate to me. This all seems perfectly acceptable. I think Godspeed. There's one of your new girlfriends. Also, there's this bit. So you can do selfies in this game. Um, and you can change your expression, but your expression barely changes. Yagami is such a stoic dude that, like, his expression changes. You would need, like, a magnifying glass to see how the furrows in his forehead change or the corner of the corners of his mouth change. So I'm like, this is such a weird feature. I swear to God, it's all set up for a joke late in the game where Smileburger is like, we're taking pictures with our favorite customers. Can you join our wall of smiles? You just have to do a selfie with me uh, showing your big, happy Smileburger smile. And so you do the selfie and you have to like, you have to like do the, do, do the smile expression for the selfie. And she looks at it and she's like, you know, I really can't tell you're smiling. Are you, are you happy? Are you are you just always like this? Is this just how you are? And Yagami's just like, you didn't need to blow up my life like that. 
Uh, cut cut to credits. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Yeah. So I like. I have uh, you know. 30, 30 hours. Uh, the, the my total game time is coming on forty at this point. I played thirty in the last like five days, um, and I'm feeling good about that. That was that was a good use of my life. That was a good use of my vacation. Um, and I'm just I'm so stoked that like I'm basically going to smoothly disembark from Judgment, yeah, and go straight into Lost Judgment. Hopefully, not the last of these games. Oh, we'll oh, see. It, will, it, will, it will not be. They will. You don't I, I've already seen speculation out. that a DLC that's coming out for Lost Judgment that's been named seems to be. I, I don't know yeah. if the lore of these games, but like there was something I could talk that was a hmm. But that they sorted the thing out with the actor? No, that they're just going to set up another character uh, and, and continue it. Um, okay. That's, I mean, there's good characters. Like, I, yeah. like I'm not so. Yagami's great, but like the game is top to bottom a great cast. Um, but. I would miss Yagami, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Rob, for taking us back to Kamurocho. I'm excited to see what you think of Lost Judgment. Uh, <laughs> a week from now, Rob declares, I, it turns out I gotta go on another vacation. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Rob, did you have, do you have more uh, time left in uh, Judgment than you th- than you thought? Uh, gotta take a couple God, Fridays off? That's the actual thing, right? It's like, Rob is acting like Judgment's over, like you're at the end of it, but like, I've played Yakuza games before. There's yeah, a real easily sixty. There's a real chance there's twenty more hours in that game, Rob. I okay. So here's the other thing. Great thing about playing Judgment about two years after it comes out. Yeah, all the walkthroughs are complete and fully documented. <laughs> Incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I don't like the friction I'm getting here. Boop 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 boop. Yep. Good. And just sail through it because you know what? I don't. That's got not time. what you're here for. Yeah. No. It's fine. I, I want the next bit of like storytelling more. So I don't want to like, like I do not want to have to deal with the stress of like saying the wrong thing to sure. my monk girlfriend. Or I don't want the stress of trying to figure out, like, where is this witness? You have to, like, uh, there's one case where you have to assemble someone's whereabouts from their Twitter updates because they basically live tweet everything they're doing. And you have to sort of figure out, okay, so they were next to a movie theater five minutes ago, and then they went up a street with a ramen bar, and now they're having onion rings. Where could they be? Now, you could logic that out based on what you know of Camarocho by this point. But I don't ever want to be the sort of person who knows in like has brain space devoted to the fact that West Kitchen is the only place in Camarocho with onion rings. I don't need that in in my memory banks. Unfortunately, it's already there. Unfortunately, you just told it to us like you were dropping knowledge about a real place you knew and and planned to take us to. So I'm yeah, I'm a little it's it's one of the cool (laughs) things. Do you have a favorite bar in Camarocho yet? And how long will it take us to get there? <laughs> so, uh, I you know I, I love bartender. Um, that's the uh, cozy cocktail bar uh, there you're regular at. The guy every time you go there, the bartender's like carving her circular ice cubes, <laughs> um, which are really popular in some upscale places. And I think that's largely a technique that uh, like is really popular in Japan. But I will say the circular ice cube sometimes rolls down the uh the low ball and smacks you in the face and so i'm a little skeptical of the technique okay i appreciate the insight wouldn't it just be a nice sphere yeah i mean it's it's yeah, rounded sure yeah it's right yeah uh-huh just yeah. circular ice cube 
I, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. But that's what they, that's, yeah, I get it. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Hey, Patrick, I have a question for you, if we're ready yep. to move off of judgment. Yep. Hey, did you find your keys? So, no. I'll, hold on, let me pull up the tile app. Yeah, I've gotten a number of messages, people upset that we... Drops key, the ball. Key, key, yeah, Keygate happens on a podcast, and then we don't have. Are they, well, we didn't know, have a follow up podcast. We did it we on the last uh, podcast. We didn't have a podcast. It, tiles like, are loading. Katie's keys found. Wallet found. Uh-huh. Katie's wallet found. Uh-huh. House keys gone for eight days. Ooh, um, eight days. <laughs> oh no. So they're we're gone. We're gonna need to on this they're one. Gone. We're gonna have they're to get gone. them in in here. Well, so <laughs> lost uh, keys. Where could they be? Up to judgment. We have we have a final theory, and it fits. It adds up, mm. you know. Hits you know to 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 just catch up on very quickly. My keys disappear. The tile says the last time it pinged my phone yeah. was six fifty five a.m. We were so I was so sure that the dot that it showed in our house, which lines up with a couple of rooms, that it was in the laundry. I'd left them in my keys. We had a bunch of birthday stuff going on. I had some dirty shorts. Could have just gotten in the laundry. That laundry and water fries that battery. Keys are in there. Was not true. Hasn't been found anywhere else. I did. I did the slow drive with the car after yeah. the podcast pre lunch. Like 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 both ways. Very slow. Pulling over to let cars go go by me. Oh. Uh, nothing happened. Called the police station. Nothing happened. Um, and then my wife pointed out. She's like, you know, the other thing. That's over by those dots. I thought about it. I thought about it. And I said, the garbage cans are there. <laughs> and it would make sense. We had a ton of shit that we cleaned up. And people were helping us clean up that weekend. The keys were probably out there. You have an enemy. They somehow got picked up. Thrown <laughs> in the trash. Explains the dots. The, the only other thing that happens at 6.55 in the morning on a Wednesday morning is the garbage, not the recycling, gets picked. The recycling happens much later in the day. Uh, so I ha- I, my belief is that yeah. the, the, the keys made it into the trash somehow and then were taken away, which also would explain sure. the dot. Because so, the trash is right next to the garage, which is right next to all those rooms. And you think the tile got keys. crunched. Oh, just, yeah, just good goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those things are, are, pretty, are pretty flimsy. Uh, so, so I've been doing a lot of lock picking. And uh, uh, so, Patrick, from what I've learned from Judgment, uh, if you just, like, fish around inside the locks in your home and align the tumblers with their shear point, and you go to tell that you're near it because, like, the um, the little lockpick will start vibrating, mm, naturally. Um, mm. you'll be able to basically uh, it'll be like having a key. Right. Uh, you don't need new keys. Yeah. Like, saying. yeah. like it's, it's efficiency. Um, in, you'll have a master key for the world. <laughs> And so now I'm in a position where I'm, I'm <laughs> nothing, no, not no, even no. Nope. Uh, pulling a cato using my wife's keys. But now every time I can't immediately find those, I'm in a panic oh, because right. then I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, well, if I don't have any car keys, yeah. I don't even know what you do. I guess you call the dealer and they come out and uh, you know, but that sounds expensive. So I got, I, I can't live you just this. Have to, yeah, you just one have to, key life. Yes. I'm, 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 I gotta get. I'm gonna try and get it done. This weekend and or forget what I got to do. It's been a while since I've replaced a, a car key. But uh, yeah, I can't do this. Like it's it's stressing me out. <laughs> it's stressing me out too much. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're going to get that fixed. You're going to get that replaced. Uh, in the meantime, I think you could calm your nerves uh, by playing a little pinball. Oh, 
What a joy. When we, we figured out in, yes. weeks ago, yes. I showed you. Yeah, you did. You, Austin, you linked it to me. You were like, huh, I think this lines up. Well, so when World Flipper, the long, long awaited Waypoint uh, radio uh, gotcha game, pinball gotcha game, uh, finally had its a global release um, this week. But it went, it, you could do a pre order on the. Mm. Uh, on the App Store and the Google Play Store. And the reason to do that was not only to get alerted, but if you did that, you could get more pulls when the game eventually launched by by saying you're interested. And in the App Store uh, on Apple's, it said, like, hey, like, come in September 10th or whatever. And I guess often those dates are bullshit. You know, it's sort of like a <clears throat> a retailer just putting up, you know, an estimated date or something like that. So we weren't sure. I was like, oh, that does seem to line up with a world where... We could play this game before uh, record the podcast, and and folks, we did, did it. It came out. We did came it. Out we did. Day it. Before the we recorded. We did it. Yeah. Mission accomplished. We played. We we're, we're playing World Flipper. Uh, it's out. It's beautiful. It's positive. It's so pretty. Yeah. Hell yeah. Also, there's a fucking bop. The yeah. main title screen goes. Yeah. Ready to do some fucking pinball? I'm ready for a ten character pull. Let's go. <laughs> uh, do you? Are you? Are you? Okay. So we should say, World Flipper is a gotcha game. It's by Psy Games. It's it's uh, Psy Games is the the studio that makes Grand Blue Fantasy and Dragalia Lost, uh, two other very successful uh, uh, gotcha games. Um, it is too early for me to take a shot at like how exploitative the gotcha mechanics are here. Um, because we're in that that newly released gotcha window where they're like just throwing gems at you yeah. and so it feels like you have all play, the pools in the play. world please just keep Did on you not also, get a four star a five star character you keep on will coming. you will you will um and also it's very easy at this moment to be like excited about a gotcha game and like i think this is part of the part part of the fun ends up being oh who'd you get who are you building a team around what are your what are your five stars etc um which we should just recognize as part of the mechanism the marketing mechanism yeah. of this game is that people yeah. go like yo i got this character and then you're like oh that character looks sick i want to keep pulling until i get that character so like but i but also like, that's this how these is the same fe- feeling i had when i came home as a kid and yes. like went and bought you know uh basketball cards like in the mm-hmm. 90s because i mm-hmm. loved the bulls like it's all you know i, I played magic i, 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 played I think Elfie everyone Bar. knows yeah, exactly this podcast has talked extensively about like you know all the problems with the, these like you know, please you know like t- take that into consideration but, like it does give me that same feeling of like when i was going back and forth with jeff gersman on, on twitter of just like yes. showing screenshots of like our different <laughs> polls and it felt very similar to getting home off the bus and and you know my mom being like all right i you know i picked up a you know a pack of, of cards and like you go right. through them right um and like that same the, sort of feel i have a real classic card game or, or or collectible card thing of like the thing i want most isn't even a super rare the thing i want most is regis this cool oh, robot to deta- like detective so cool. none of us have the robot right he's an android i don't think he's actually a det- i don't know if he's actually a detective he might just be a fancy android guy but he's just he's a fancy th- lad canonically you, in our hearts he is a he is a, a detective yeah. did you um, see this guy rob rob i gotta show you this this guy regis uh okay well he seems to be a manager, a shrewd, self-proclaimed manager and machine man. He's very fond of the human culture that existed once in the past world. Is and he the a interi- landlord? The interior of his <laughs> aircraft reflects that love. No, I oh. don't understand. I don't know what he is. <laughs> I can't quite figure out what his a deal is. Manager? What? Of but what? he also has an air of an, of an aircraft. Maybe that's what look at the fasteners on that vest. 
I know it's incredible. Yeah. It's it, just it takes incredible. him. It takes him an hour and a half to get dressed in the morning, well, despite the fact that he's a robot. He's a machine. He needs man. a robot to help him. Yes, uh, yes. Um, uh, but he's like a four star, and I haven't pulled him yet. And so uh, I'm. Do- it's that thing where where you know you like there's a card, there's a player you really like in baseball. And like, I just want that player's card. It's not even like a particularly good player. I know no. that they ha- that this card is out there, or like in Magic where you're like, I need three of this thing. Yeah. I cannot get the third. Like I, this is not even a big deal card. Like just where is it? I, I want my I want my farm boy that I'm gonna uh, build up from right. this is right. dirt the turn him in to a tank and like for me that is gonna be my goth vampire friend although uh, goth vampire friend yes. is a four star so you're already starting with you know it's not exactly it's not uh, yeah he's, I a don't terrible you mean. floor yeah uh, yeah but he's so not a five star should be the five star in my heart this is we why, say what this game is oh this is gonna say this is Go why ahead, magic has a secondary market right because yes. people want yes. that one last card but yes. don't want to do the pull so to speak <laughs> yes so this is a pinball rpg where you are playing a uh, a boy with with light amnesia i think he says like i have limited amnesia i remember basic things i know that fire is hot and water is cool or you, know, you need to drink water but it, has, I don't- it has sort of just embraced it i'm lost yeah. i'm lost i'm lost i, I don't i'd love there's to get a back weird home, girl here i know i love that- this new world i'm in too I'm, this is kind of cool i don't know we're hanging out i know how to cook the strange potentially robotic uh, like uh, guardian of this of this pinball world does is, is weird, but she seems nice. That's fine. And now I'm talking to a little a little creature who used to be a hero. So you're um, Faye Valentine, basically. Like, there is like there is a little bit of that. You know, Alk, the main character here, is way more earnest than than Faye almost ever is. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's right. You just gotta roll with it. Sometimes you get amnesia and you make your you, you fucking do your best with it. Um. And the way that this game works is that you kind of you get story you get story bits uh, that are like RPG conversations, uh, and then and then you you do your fights via a a single screen. Well, the you go board to board uh, where yeah. the the phone is a pinball table basically. Tapping flips your flippers. It flips both of them at once. You don't have to do too much there. And then your characters, you bring three characters into a, a, a mission, uh, and each of those characters can have another character attached to them, plus a piece of equipment. Uh, and if you swipe left, right, or up, you do the ability that's associated with them. Those abilities that get modified based on which characters you attack, you attach to them, which yeah. is interesting. Which is like, that that degree of all of those combinations, that's like a lot of combinations. Well, and, and that's where... Uh like you know, you know this game. You know has the you know five star, four star, three star, two star, one star characters. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you get like your one stars, like meaning something. Because oh, I got right. this little electric dude that I can equip on my five star, and right. then like they can do some cool shit with that. Even if that one star doesn't become your main. Right. Like, I have a character who whose main ability is just uh, gives everybody shields, and they're like really good shields. Uh, and he's a five star. He's well he's well liked, uh, but. I was like, I want a little bit of something there too. Like, I don't want to just use that. And so I have someone on him that does like a little thrust, like a like a lance charge. So you're so, you're actually. It sounds mm-hmm. like you and Kata. Okay, so well, uh, I I am coming to this game. Right. Uh, I did a I did a I haven't really, I've never really played a gotcha game before, meaningfully beyond like twenty minutes. And I want to understand these games. These games are are they already are big, but I'd like to be able to speak to them and understand them. And I've been like waiting for like one to be my yours. In. Um, and, yeah. and, and Genshin easily could have been that. I do like big, I like action adventure games, but, um, I've just, eventually it just sort of just like became fixated on this one because I do love pinball mechanics in, in an RPG, in an adventure game. And so this seemed like it'd be a lot of fun. And so I have been trying really hard 
So I sort of take the game at face value. Mm -hmm. And part of that for me is I didn't re-roll. The game, we should say, when this game came out in... uh, in Asia, like it's been in you know various. It, it, this is not uh, uncommon. It comes out in a bunch of territories, and then when the quote global release, like when it comes out in English and a bunch of other languages, can happen uh, much later. I think this is almost two years later since the launch mm-hmm. of the original World Flipper. Um, originally, Just the to, game to Lubu and Wes and all of my other friends who have given me uh, uh, great tips on World Flipper because they've been playing the Japanese release <laughs> for two years now. Yeah, and all the people who've been playing it on emulators. Right. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, it used to be the case that you would just go into the option menu, click a trash can, and then boom, you can just go re-roll that first set of characters so that you can, like, have either a specific character you like because you've thought about the builds and the characters you want, um, <clears throat> or you just, your star count was, was too low and you'd like to start with a, a better base. Right. And I just Put know- that in the perspective, that is like, if you went into, if you're like, I want to get into Magic the Gathering and you went into yeah. your local game store and <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm going to give me a starter set. And you open it and flip through, and you're like, and you hate "No, <laughs> this sucks." Actually, give me another starter set. I want something good. Get, keep giving me, keep giving me packs. No, this is still bad. And the only cost was you have to wait. You have to like do a little, a little like busy work on the, yeah, side, he, he the says, side. Hey, hey, can you uh, can you sweep the floor <laughs> and then uh, you can open another pack? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think. You need some exercise. Go walk around the block. Go walk. Twice. Just go around the yeah. Exactly. Give Bring me a coffee, Here. and then I you can some, open another pack. Can you fill out these forms real quick? You fill out these forms, and then we'll be good. Then you open up another pack. Uh, anyway, super, super. This is like yes. a, a big thing. Like lots of people doing these games. It is, and some games make it easier. Some games make it harder. Some some games, you know, you need to. I did uh, it in like. Dragon like, Ball Z Dokkan Battle until I got like Trunks and Piccolo, basically. Some games you need to like root your Android device in order to add, like different games make it more accessible than others. World right. Flipper had made it very easy, and in the global release, they uh they didn't make it hard, they didn't make it convenient. You have to delete the game, reinstall it. The game has a like a three gig initial download. So like it's it's a bit of a pain. It can take a couple of minutes to get back to the point of, of re-rolling. And I looked at that, it was just I will not play this game if I play by those those rules. And maybe that means that I end up like putting 15 hours into World Flipper and realizing that's cool. Not for me. I have a better mm-hmm. sense of what these games are. But my thought was like, I got to try and come to this game on my own terms and see, can I slot in with what it's got? And like part of that is, has been uh, like the realization of like the recommended teams option in this. It's like when you get into an area, yeah, you can sit and you it has like these playlists where it's like, hey, here are like 10 teams that you've like pre-built with like all the shit that you like built on them, different variations of the of like the, the power-ups playing off one another. Cause like this game is very uh everything I've read is like, hey, don't sweat. They're like often three-star characters who are OP because yeah. of their um their specials and how they team up with others. So it's not, you know, the five-star stuff is good, but it's not everything. Um and what I'm trying to figure out is like when when is the game gonna start forcing me into friction and those walls? And so like in the like two and a half hours I've played so far, I've just been accepting like the recommended party that it gives me, which is like the best equipment, the best elemental setups. And granted, that is a lot of like, hey, the game at the top says, yo, you should have fire characters. And yep. then it just picks fire characters and assembles the right stuff. But I've just been picking recommended. And then now I'm waiting. OK, when is it going to get to a point where that's not going to be a- a- enough? Because that's the true in all sorts of games that have like auto setups. And eventually it's like if you're going to do the higher level stuff, you're going to have to engage with it but anyway that's a long way of saying it sounds like you and kato are are probably my guess would be Um, more in the nitty-gritty on it i'm still in the and kato i know you did re-rolls right 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I I, consi- oh, didn't I strongly considered considered it because I didn't get what did I was it just one or none? I thought you I thought you poll? for sure rerolled. I thought you rerolled because you, you no no I, didn't. I thought you Most- sent us a message. I, and I said this is toxic gaming. Oh no, that I was remember my t- that was just a later roll. I got a I got oh. a later a later roll. I kept playing, got enough of the I currency see. to I do see, another roll, and got two yeah, five got, stars in one roll. You didn't just get two five stars. Kato got like the two of the best characters in the game. <laughs> period. Kato got Celty in in his initial pool, and then later I have on, a t- I have a ten roll a ten pool. I can oh, do. I see. Right I see what and happened. Then you got Viron. I said. Yeah, you said reset hit. Reset hit. I meant which the, I think we thought you meant that you reset your account. No, yes. no, I meant reset the uh the every day the like. Oh, right. The 3 p.m. reset yes. where you get yeah, where you get yeah, like yeah. the okay, next sure. day's like uh, login bonus or whatever. Yes. That hit. Yes. I got okay. a chunk of currency, did another pull immediately. And right. Boom. Right. This right. sick ass uh, pirate lady you with a, a cool giant pirate cannon lady, yeah, and Marina. Uh-huh. cool looking knight dude who's act, act really great, actually. Uh, yep. Great. Abilities. Both of those. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of great characters. Um, Patrick, your oh, favorite I got, is. Yo, I got that Celty. Let's go. Yo. Oh my God, <laughs> pull that five star. No, you just pull um, it? What the fuck? Just pull it. Oh, I, lo- I love the little. So when uh, when you're pulling a character uh, occasionally. Uh-huh. So if the character just falls. So there's this uh, cute little animation that I refuse to skip. Yeah. At least now. Because yeah. it's delightful. It's good. Um, yeah. Where like a character like falls from the sky. Um. And if they immediately fall from the sky, it's actually pretty disappointing because you know that you're getting a one, two, or a three star. And then occasionally, I guess occasionally you can get a four, right? Yeah. But you get a four. Like, the golds are, are four. Yeah. Um, but then uh, every once in a while, I think it's at least once if you do 10, like if you pay a bunch of these beads at, at a single time, you get, uh, uh, you do 10 pulls at once, um, and then you're guaranteed a four or a five star, where you'll get an instance in which like the stars come out. And mm-hmm. there are all these little glittery icons. And there are silver ones that are just sort of like the elements on a pinball table that bounce you around. And yeah. then there are gold ones. And if you touch those, it'll turn your four star. Well, I guess you can turn a three star into a four star and then a four yeah. star into a five star in the same like run. But um, often you're looking for for a four star to get to a five star. Um, and that part and you can't control it you've no, you've no it's just sort of like and it's physics. predetermined it's yeah. not actually oh, I know. physics I, know. I, know. I, don't, I don't care yes. I don't I'm with care you. it's happening I, like, now it's happening yeah. now there, yes. here we go oh, I got it alright what are we doing <laughs> I got a cool dragon guy I got a dra- I got what's this dragon's name oh the dragon I heard this dragon kind of sucks but that's, that's fine I'm so happy for Wagner king of the dragons master of fire king of the dragons Wagner the king of the dragons sucks he doesn't suck but he's just low on a, a, a tier list. You know, he's like a B tier or something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's fine. I listen. He's gonna go in the team. He's king of the dragons. Yeah. God damn it! You don't you know? pull the king of the dragons. Don't put him on. The team. I guess exactly. he could be more of an ideas him. dragon, to be honest. <laughs> like he doesn't need to be. <laughs> uh, I did get your favorite in this set of pools. I'd also saved up a bunch. Uh, Andy. Who says, yes. I'm Andy. I kind of enjoy life as a zombie. Mm, okay, maybe life wasn't the right word. Just a really, <laughs> just a cute zombie boy with a casket on his back. Incredible. Uh, and, and uh, so anyway. His ability, when when your characters like die in this game, the little coffin appears on the board that you can hit yes. to get bring them back. But his ability yeah. is stronger the more coffins are out on the field. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's really? funny. Yeah. That's yes. very funny. I do, I do I do really like that mechanic. Like the uh, so yeah, when your your characters have you know HP and 
they can they either take damage from uh like falling through the center which is pretty hard to happen you have to be really not paying attention the game mm-hmm. doesn't have much of a cooldown on like you tapping those uh you know tapping the, the yeah. you know the flippers and um or more likely it's that an enemy is you know or a boss really like the the regular sort of enemies that you the boards I'm we're mostly playing on early game is like uh one Pretty board which forward. yeah one yeah. board with generic enemies in which you are supposed to like defeat enough of them on like the left side of the board so you do that for a minute and then you go to kind of like a mini boss or a main boss if you're progressing in the story mm-hmm. and those ones actually have attacks that um can like n- like nominally you know impact your hp yeah. and then that's where some of the more like you know this is where i try to figure out this game has an autoplay function right yep. and i i will stop playing this game the moment the the, the arc of it is to just sit down like yeah. autoplay and like hope for the better drops so that you can do the higher runs and m- maybe there's a world where i still get 30 40 50 hours of it before that becomes the end game that makes other people happy, but is is not going to be probably enough for me. But um, I, I actually find the mechanics of it to be like fairly engaging and fun on like a fairly light level where what will happen is as enemies will call out their like big superpower they're going to do. And then like these bit, these red target icons appear um, either on their back or on their arms. And you need to deliberately hit those. And if you do, you essentially like, you know, knock them out and you get like free shots where you do like higher level damage on them for for 10 seconds. And the game also has a, a, an extra mechanic where you every it's like every two seconds or so you can tap the screen while the ball is has been freely out and it will auto target the nearest enemy. And so that's frequently what mm-hmm. you're doing to try and like nudge the ball towards yeah. these targeted spots. Like there's just enough of you influencing, but then the randomness of the ball plus mm-hmm. whatever's on the table that makes I don't know, like I'm finding that part to be it's fun, yeah, really compelling and fun. Combined yeah. with the incredible music, like really, I mean, I have this uh, you know a giant iPad Pro at home, and like this, I mean, it looks fucking incredible, yeah, like I on bet. this big ass di- di- display. Um, to the point that I wish there was like a version of this game that like was just ran just on exi- PC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or existed on my Xbox that I could like just turn it on while I'm in the office, and it's like all right, I'm gonna do my dailies while I'm sipping coffee before I answer email or whatever. I mean, I like having it on my phone, but I, I almost wish that like there was a, the art is that good yeah. um, that I wish I could see it on, on a bigger screen. And the localization has been really good so far. I think it's charming. I think it's funny. I think the character designs are great. Like it's doing a lot of the stuff that I think people get out of the other gotcha games that they really like, which is like yeah. it's, there is um, part of, part of what I think makes gotcha games appeal besides all the stuff that is just, you know, loot box design that is meant to like manipulate your brain into wanting to pull one more and put another dollar in, put another dollar in is that the, the engine for that is you have to have characters that immediately compel you to connect to them. And you're like, Oh, I don't even know who this character is, but like there's something about their design that just reaches out and, and, and hits me. And the version of, of, uh, this style of game design that I like the most. And also this isn't just gotcha games, right? I think other games that have huge character casts also do this. Like the Suikoden series did this for me when I was young. I was just like, I just want to get another. Oh, this character is sick, and it's one of a hundred and eight different characters I can play as so in this game. J- JRPGs, in. JRPGs in general, like have a have long, this. fun, yeah. mini. Like it's part of you know why I played so many of those games when mm-hmm. I was younger. Was like the wild casts of like I look at the box art for right. Legend of the Seven Stars or whatever, like a really <laughs> bad. But like that was always the thing. Was like these these. These, you know, these Japanese RPGs with just incredibly cool looking characters and like a lot of at least, you know, 
I think what you I just need you to know before you get angry emails. Legend it, what of the Seven it? Stars is the subtitle Super Mario RPG, a What's game people love. Of? Not What's Legend the, of the Seven Stars. What's the bad bad SNES RPG? <laughs> What's the one I'm thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm, know, but it's... I'm going to figure it out. I, listen, the Our Seventh RPG's Saga? Is it the Seventh Saga? Tecmo's Secret of the Stars. Secret of the Stars. Secret, Those are, these are yes. both... Secret of the Stars and the Seventh Saga are are both listed here under this bad <laughs> Super Mario or Super Nintendo RPGs. So I think maybe you've combined the two of them <laughs> into one. Yeah, now granted, so. I don't... Uh, you know, I'm also... Uh, a poor use of uh, a game that I should be saying the art really compelled me to want to play it. <laughs> oh my god! This is like really. This is <laughs> the only thing I can compare this to is just like rejected really bad King of, King of Dragon Pass art. Uh, it's King of Dragon Pass art or like really bad, um, like uh, uh, Tolkien art. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like you pick up a uh, you go to your library. Like I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the Hobbit where. Why? Why is it this? <laughs> this is the Hobbit. Like this. <laughs> um. Wow. It's like a nineteen seventy nine edition where like everyone yes. inexplicably has like seventies haircuts and exactly. like Frodo <laughs> looks like Mark Hamill. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um. Anyway. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. World Flipper. I, I think like, the the core of it just feels so good, and the the character designs are just so charming. Uh. And so far, the writing has been genuinely funny. There have been some really fun gags. Um, God, I forget there's, there was a word use in, in somewhere in the, the end of the first like area that was just like a very unremarked upon pun that was really good. And I already forget. I should have taken a screenshot is what I should have done. That's, that's <laughs> what I should have done. Uh, but the, but, but I think it's, I think it's so far is living up to expectations yeah. for me. Yeah. You know? I, I, it was, it was um, a real, uh, you know, dog caught the car moment when World Flipper actually arrived and was like, uh-huh. ah, shit. Okay. Well. This has been a good bit for two years. Um, now I got to actually play now this game. I got to play this and, game. I, I'm really curious if you'll stick with it or how long you're, you'll stick with it. Yeah, I think, that's, I think yeah. burning off of these for, you know, I gave Grand Blue a real shot a couple years ago. Uh, I associate it with the beginning of the pandemic because that's when I started <laughs> playing. It was right before the pandemic. Um, and the the uh, there's stuff there that that really spoke to me in terms of character builds and the story stuff was actually really good um uh or it was better than i expected i guess is what i should say but the the core gameplay of it was so boring unless Mm -hmm. i was doing something that was like well well above where i should have been doing it because i didn't have the characters and and equipment and stuff to do it yet whereas here most of the there's a lot of just kind of like whatever story missions but at this point, every boss fight has been fun to do. There well, like been, they, and it, know, the daily the daily quests have, uh, like I was doing some of these before we the we kaleidoscopes like, or a different thing. I think so, or whatever. I was like fighting, like you know, you, you can fight sequentially harder versions of bosses mm, you've already okay. encountered, and it's like, hey, you know, do the you know the level one or whatever the, the right, low level right. one. Do it level ten. Do it level twenty. And um, the game has mechanics in which. All right. So, I, uh, side note: when I, I was uh, before we started, I was I was laying in bed, um, and I got invited to a boss battle. So, like, there are you can get uh, yeah. uh, matched up with people who are like, I want to fight this high level boss. I need uh, other people to do it, and you can have nine characters like running around the screen doing shit. Um, but <laughs> the game like was very clear to tell me like, ah, 
you know, you've been invited. I don't know if you should be at this party. But wow. You can click, you can click accept. Um, um, I mean, it didn't actually say that, but like as soon as I saw the numbers, it was like, huh. Um, but I gave, I gave a little emoji thumbs up and the other person was ready and a third person matched in and the first attack from the boss just wiped me. Just, I mean, oh there was nothing God. I could have done yeah. and I wasn't going to pay the beads to, to stick around. You can like do it. Uh, you can continue mid fight. Um, right, if you want to get like the drops because it was like, Hey, I'm trying to do this high level fight and I almost made it to the end. Um, anyway, this, this all to say, I, I really enjoyed like the sequential order of like doing like the. The easy, the medium, the hard. Because I actually had, I had this one fight where I, I was hitting those coffins, and if you hit the coffins, you can get your you can get your characters to come back with a little bit of health. And if you've got like a healing character, you can like wait for that moment, mm-hmm. like hit the coffin, get all the characters back in, get them to like back to like heal. medium health. Yeah. Um, yeah. like launch a bunch of other things, and like there are ways where you're running, like that's the kind of thing that like if I can find enough of those moments mm-hmm. where I'm running up against the gotcha mechanics, in which like hey. Do you want to pay to keep going? Do you uh, just want to pay for like higher level stuff? Like, or are there enough mechanics for like, look with like a little bit of like skill and patience and like careful use of what's here? Can I get what I what I look for out of you know quote unquote traditional games, which would have sort of like a different sort of like skill structure mm-hmm. um, that you're going through? Can I get that out of this? And those moments, like I was getting that. It was like really fucking satisfying. Yeah. To like take out a high level boss that I was obviously not quote unquote level for mm-hmm. because I was taking advantage of the mechanics in front of me. And like as long as there's enough of that, my guess is the game will be able to, to keep me for for quite a bit. And then it'll be like, can I make it far enough in where you know you start to get into like the new character drops right, and, and stuff right. like that where you're where you're where you're chasing that. Yeah. I mean the funny thing for me was like this game dropped and it was yesterday we were talking about like, oh are we gonna are we gonna re-roll? Are we not gonna re-roll? Da, 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 da. And I was like, one second, guys, I have to finish reading this 12,000 word theory crafted <laughs> essay on a new Genshin character. So like, that's, <laughs> that, that's how deep it gets. There's a, there, the, the website Kaching Mains, Kaching is a character in, yeah. in, uh, who I love in, in Genshin puts out these really long guides on basically all the new character, every character, not every character, but a lot of the characters have guides and they just dropped theirs on Raiden, the Raiden Shogun, who is Was it uh, just like how, how to like, like min-max like their, I mean, yes, or- it's it, the, at the end of the day, yes. Like if I can okay. summarize, yes, it's how to min-max. Um, it's some of the characters have really have, have, deceptive abilities where you're like, oh, I think I understand how this character works. And you're like, well, actually, there's here's something that's important to understand about that. You know, here's a way that this ability actually works. And here's how it you – know, like, very, very – here's like a very basic thing, right? Oh, um, this new character puts electricity on enemies. What electricity and, and pyro and fire mix, there's an explosion. That's good, right? Um, one of the things that and, – and hey, I have this really strong fire guy and she does electricity. That means that will be probably be a good team, Right. Well, one of the things, one of the sections in this long essay, uh, this long breakdown is like, how does she work with various other characters? And when you look at the section on that guy, they note like, hey, he, the main thing she does is get their ults back really quick. He doesn't have problems doing that. So that doesn't really help him very much. And when that explosion happens, it knocks people away and he doesn't have any sort of like, he's a really close up melee guy. So you're going to spend, a, you're going to waste stamina running back to the enemy instead of just being in their grill, fucking them up. Mm. Here are some other characters you can use instead. So like that sort of stuff. Talk about the Luke. Yeah. 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 We're talking about the Luke, who is great and who I finally pulled after a year of hoping to get a Luke. Like the Luke is a character. Like I'm like, I'm not going to, 
Deluca has been like a, a top tier character for a year now, and I've never been someone who's like, I'm going to chase a character in that way. I'm not going to wail over anybody uh, uh, until the Bride and Shogun, who's great. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Not like that. Not the, not actually. God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the, but, but I pulled a Deluca randomly like a month ago, and I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll finally get to use him. And, and like, no, definitely not. Obviously not. Why did I, why did I think that that team comp would work? Which again, <laughs> I, I, I knew that before I read this 12,000 word piece to be clear i did i did already know that but it was very useful to like get in there and learn about like what her different role this new character's roles can be and stuff like that so the the well is deep my friend uh especially as the thing about the thing about world flippers just like i can't imagine how many different combinations there are that do radically change characters the idea of like okay this character does like a beam and then this character you know turns an attack from one attack into three attacks and now you're doing three beams instead of one beam or like you're moving in a different arc or whatever all that stuff seems really neat and i'm curious to see like again i'm curious to see how deep that well goes well and, and, and i need it to settle right like so right, i feel like right what was interesting to watch like i was reading like the world flipper reddit and like watching some youtube videos um just like okay i'm, I'm part i'm you know not so much because i cared but i was just curious like yes what do what do people like these right. communities care about um and it was Oof. it was a lot of that. It was like a lot of that dissection, like trying to understand how these different bits work. And because I'm new and also like don't have the time, it's more cool. I'm just gonna kind of just keep pushing forward, and then we'll wait a week or two, and then there'll be sort of like things will settle. Like where does the meta settle? And like people will do- stop saying dead game because you can't <laughs> do an easy reroll, and they covered a couple boobs. They did, yeah. Um, some some people very upset about the pantyhose, uh, uh-huh. and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you're right. It will settle, and like, and people will get to a point where they're like, "Okay, here's what the game is. Here's the beginner guide. Yes, he, like, yes, he, like yes. here, here's what you should. And like, that's what I'm interested. Like, I'm interested in like knowing that sort of like level of depth. I just don't need to be in the muck uh, quite yet, especially because the game doesn't. It doesn't ask you to. Like, mm-hmm. you, you. It seems at at the. How far I, did you get on the missions? Uh, I'm at the start of World Two. Okay. I feel like World um, Three kind of kicks it up a bit. This is what this that's, is. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, figure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um, all right, let's take a break and come back, and I'm going to briefly talk. Eh, we'll see how long I talk about another another <laughs> very bright and poppy JRPG with lots of colorful characters Ooh. and etc. So be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tales of Arise, I think is out. And in fact, I think is like top of steam, which is the very funniest Damn. thing I could think of. Well, the, the reviews have been uh, They've been good, right? Like, re- like not really, really okay. like people going. Uh, I've not looked. Ta- looked. Tales is going to have its breakout moment. Uh, sort huh. Of 
I think that I think it's you know what huh? I think that that's fair. I think it's it's it is it is. Um, so I've never played a Tales game. I guess I'll start with this Tales. This the Tales is, of franchise is so like yeah. Tales of Symphonia. Tales of same Cor- correct. Tales of Symphonia. Mm-hmm. Tales, I was say, going Tales for of Symphonia Berseria. was a breakout, but okay. Uh, but there's breakout and there's breakout, right? Sure. There's sure. like breakout into the JRPG fandom, and then there's breakout into people who play Final Fantasy games, and that's the only JRPG they right. might play, right? Okay, sure. Um, yeah. I think you're probably you're you're. I mean, I, I don't know enough about the series. If you've played these games, Kato, please correct me whenever you can. I don't. I, I don't have the. I've the like history. lately touched Tales of Symphonia uh, with okay. friends because that one was multiplayer, which was neat. You oh, could, interesting. You could each control one of the characters on the field, which was fun. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So uh, this one uh, debuted, uh, or like the you know, it, it, the trailers first started uh, a, a few years ago, I want to say, and I and there was a really good trailer earlier this year, and I was like, "Am I gonna fucking play this game?" And I've never played this series. They've never seemed impenetrable, but they they've always seemed, um, you know, I I don't know how to even characterize what I thought about the Tales games before this. Um, uh, th- they always seemed like they were doing their thing in a corner and then if i wanted to get into them i'd have to really get into them they seemed like very long games um with a focus on action rpg elements that seemed appealing but like never quite brought me in um this one just had such a sharp look in all the trailers the character designs again were really uh uh just just memorable uh enough to make me like think about them after watching a trailer you know the next day like when's that game come out um and so when we got code for this i was eager to jump into it uh, it is a an action JRPG, which is to say that when you when you get into a fight, when you bump into an enemy on the screen, it goes into a fight, and then you're controlling one of your characters. Your party can have four people in it at any given time, uh, kind of on the field, uh, and each of them have by the by the twenty something hour mark where I am now, truly dozens of different attacks that you can that you can perform. You can kind of slot. At the beginning of the game, three on the ground ones and three in the air ones. And then where I'm at now, six of each to like onto to face buttons, basically. Uh, and you can quickly do those moves. You can also pause and go into your menu to do like a spell you have not fast, you know, uh, slotted in or quick slotted in. Is the movement three dimensional in this one? It is three dimensional. It okay. is. Okay. It is not the two D plane. It is like a three D space. It right. you know like like Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's it's similar. This is part of why I think it's going to do well. Is like it's similar enough to that while still being distinct enough to really have its own character. I don't think it's chasing remake, but I'm, I mm-hmm. think that remake brought a lot of people into the genre again for the first time in a while because right. they love Final Fantasy VII. And this is close enough to that to feel of a kind right. um, mm-hmm. while still having its own identity, like completely its own identity I mean, it was, in terms it of was setting, character, and everything else. It was basically there already, except that, yeah, all of the right. characters were on a 2D plane instead of full 3D. But uh, is that even true for the most recent ones? Like, if I looked at I'm not at sure, actually. Tales I mean, I'm Vesperia just speaking to or, Symphonia was that right, way. So right. I'm not I sure think after that. Vis- Vesperia, I think, was also on the 2D plane, but I want to say uh, Bursaria, <laughs> Tales of Bursaria. <laughs> Made up. No. Did not make it. Bursaria. Because I, I wanted to cover Bursaria, I want to say, Bursaria is for... the prequel to Tales of Zesteria, by the way. Is that true? Zesteria. Yeah. Zesteria. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> I guess. Anyway. Um, uh... You don't have to be here, uh, Austin. You don't have to be here for the corrections. So you're, you're right. Good. I can say, say whatever, whatever the bullshit fuck you want. I want. I just make some shit up. 
Anyway, it's uh, like all the Tales games, this one <laughs> deals with whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, it is it is a fairly linear game. There are some side quests and stuff, but you're, you're going through a story. You're recruiting new characters. Uh, I can now confirm the Tales of uh, Berseria also looks like it took place on a 3D plane. It's mm. very similar. Um, lots of characters yelling out the names of their moves as they're doing them. If that sounds like it would annoy you, it, it it's this game. You right. just have to, like, that is what it is. This <laughs> is a game where people are going Lightning Fang over and over again. I don't even know if Lightning Fang is one of them, but it may as well be. Um, uh, just, you have so many characters constantly screaming. I, I like it for some reason. My brain is wired such that when I see a bunch of characters doing anime ass moves and yelling their names, my brain goes, this is calming to me. This is, this is actually the natural <laughs> state of being. I love it when someone does lightning fang seven times in a row and this someone is my, else my says white noise or my yeah, ocean sound. It is a hundred percent that I need anime power moves ASMR uh-huh. uh, just whispered to me at night. Um, uh, and uh, most of the fights are pretty short, though uh, some of them uh, I, I'd say actually like World Flipper. The times I like it the most is like when you're in the shit and you're like, all right, I'm doing a boss fight. I'm doing a side ball, like a mini boss. Uh, there's um these <laughs> there there are monstrous enemies in this game called Zoogles. <laughs> um, the names in general in this game are very good, uh, very goofy in a way that they don't know that they're goofy um or like very you know the first place you're at is a place called calaglia which is just there's like so many speed bumps in the in the name calaglia that <laughs> it's easy to stumble over and that's a lot of the names in this game um uh Four voice actors uh they are really doing their best they really are they're doing they're, they're they are they're doing a very specific sort of fantasy anime like character tropes i mean let me give you the let me here's okay so one if you if you can't deal with someone yelling lightning fang or i'll heal you or uh when they're in the air leave them up to me or whatever if you can't deal with that then then this game isn't for you here's also this game isn't for you and also the reverse of this is true if that sounds good to you this game is for you (laughs) this game is for you if the idea of a space princess who can't be touched without summoning a a kind of a swarm of of lightning thorns around her to hurt whoever touches her and a boy with a mysterious past and an iron mask who can't feel pain uh, uh huh. who's, who has a, a heart and she's she's mm. cold and icy and he's like deeply earnest and loving mm-hmm. uh if they get, and and she's from she's an outcast from the powerful uh, a nation Rena that has enslaved the entire Danon planet, and he's a Danon with a mysterious past, and who wants to to throw a revolution and and free all all of his his uh all, you know everyone on the planet. Um, if that doesn't sound good to you, if they need to team up and then go kill all of the masters of all of sorry all of the the Renin lords who all have master cores to take their master cores from them. If that doesn't sound good to you, then this game isn't for you. <laughs> like if you don't want the Ice Queen and the Puppy Boy to like meet up and like slowly melt each other's. Patrick's like, installing right now. Yeah, well, see, uh-huh. I know you were doing a lot of nodding, and I'm like, I think Rob's just staring at a progress bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Goodbye, Judgment. Tales of the Rise is my new best friend. I think if Rob could have this game without the lightning fang yelling, <laughs> he could he could he would find something here, truly. Like I think the Tales of Arise, like the the 20 episode, 26 episode run of the Tales of Arise anime, <laughs> R- Rob would lose a weekend to it and be like, that was really good junk food that felt great there were some interesting ideas and i'll be honest there's some interesting ideas in there and then it would leave your mind and it would be a great weekend but i don't know that the like 70 hour rpg or whatever (laughs) is gonna be it i have no idea how long it is i'm 20 uh, i actually saw people saying it was like for these types of games like fairly reasonable that like the side quests are pretty much they're very marked out yeah and 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 then it's like a if you're mostly mainlining and not getting too bogged in that, it's like 35, 40 hours, which like for That's this type bad. of game yeah. is, I would call short. <laughs> yeah. For for this type of game. And, that, in, like, and in a good way. Like, I, I yes. mean, because like often these games I, are 70, 80 What I will say hours. is I'm a little over 20 and I was hitting a point where I was like, am I done with this? Have I gotten my fill? Um, and I haven't yet, but I'm right on. I, I, I might need just like a little bit of a break before I go back and power through and I do like three days of of heavy tales of arise play um because there are some interesting ideas here mechanically every character has some interesting stuff in combat where like they you have you have all your you have regular attack you have these special arts that you can do that do extra damage or like unique unique uh combos and stuff uh which which you know i've gotten to the point now where i like know the ones i like with each character which feels good when like you have such a menu of abilities and like oh i really like this character to be combo heavy i really like this character to have a lot of like big single hit damage things etc um then you also have this like boost bar that that's that uh gives you kind of a uh special attack that is different than your regular special attacks because it changes something about an enemy or the game state uh one of the characters who is the the noble who can't be touched has um and she has like a fucking laser gun it's sick uh she um can shoot flying enemies out of the air and knock them down which makes them uh kind of like stuns them and everybody else can just gang up on them somebody else has an ability that she can like put down her shield and if someone is doing a charging attack it stuns them somebody else has a move that they can like um break through really strong if someone has a shield they can break the shield lowering their defenses and making them more uh, attackable and all that stuff is really fun um and then there's also like duo moves and other charge bars and all that stuff has built into a really fun combat system so i think the 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 basics like of it are are really good being in a boss battle and getting up to like a 150 hit combo because i've like juggled stuff with characters the right way feels incredible um and i like it when com when the combats go that long uh, you'll note I haven't talked about the story at all, mm. but that's not because the story isn't good. The story, or it's not because I think the story is bad. I think the story is interesting, but I think it is writing a big check, and I'm very curious Ooh. to see uh, what I will say is I've, I've seen I've seen commentary of like, "Yo, you want to punch fascists? Come play Tales of Arise." Yes, huh. but I all, but also we have. I think that we on this podcast have historically been skeptical or more critical of stories then do you get to punch fascists in it right mm-hmm. um th- i'll put it this way what are the earliest you're not in this game for more than four hours before someone starts going down the path of we have to be careful not to become the fascists because what if what if violence isn't the answer right mm-hmm. and and there are ways in which that particular story has been told that defangs anti-fascism instead of enables it right um, and so I will say 20 hours in, I think it's mostly sticking the landing on this stuff. 
um, you are playing again, you're playing uh, a, a character who starts out being called uh, one thing and then you learn a different, you, you recover part of your memory, you learn your, your real name. Uh, and at the beginning of the game, you are playing him as kind of a, a faceless vigilante. You have this iron mask. And so you're called iron mask, which mm-hmm. is also the name of a Gundam villain. So right. I, it's, I'm sure it's not related. Um, and Anime? Uh, Making reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he's actually related to the Iron Mask, who is like a nightmare person who yeah. is like F91. People, people should watch F91. It's pretty good. Um, the at the beginning of this game, you are in a place where the situation is extremely clear and simple. The space fascists have come down. They conquered the entire planet and you're a part of the planet where chattel slavery is in effect. Um, the Lord of the Domain has enslaved every Danon, uh, Donna or, or Dana is the name of the planet. So everyone from that planet has been enslaved in his region and all of them are, are working in the mines effectively. And it's dusty and fiery and miserable. There's a big volcano type thing. It's actually not a volcano, but you know, it's a, it's a big like yeah. lava pit. Um, and it's miserable. Uh, uh, and so you join a resistance movement there. Every every place you go to from there, you know, you, you fight that guy you against the intro. You obviously are going to win that fight and get yourself a little foothold. And then you, the, it seems at that point that the game is going to be go around, meet the other resistance movements, help them fight their own lords, etc. Each, each place you go switches things up and it's sort of like, okay, well, what's this take on oppression going to be? And so you know, the second place that you go ends up being very much about bureaucracy and uh, about – um, uh, sort of uh, turning a people against themselves and rewarding informants and snitches and uh, destroying national character and ethnic character by by you know giving people carrots to turn their backs on their own people and stuff like that and 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 also it's like very cold and icy there because this is an RPG and each place it has kind of an elemental uh you know core <laughs> to, to it so that's the ice place um uh. And then the, the, the point where I was like, what is this game? Is this the sort of true test of is this game going to tell a story about oppression in an interesting way came from the third place where you get there. And without going into particular details, it's clear that some reforms have been put in place, that it is not chattel slavery, that it is not, you know, guys cracking the whips and sending you down to your to, to the mines. You talk to people and they say, hey, the last few years have been pretty good, actually. Like, I think about all the freedoms we have that a lot of people on this planet don't have anymore. And I was like, oh, this could be like, how is this going to go? And it broke pretty good, like in terms of working through, you know, big anime moments, big, you know, oh, betrayals and deep backstories and emotional trauma that's tied to single individuals. But like at the core of the way they told that story, there was still a there's still an interesting, deep systemic story happening in that population about what happened there, the ways in which um, uh, the story, the kind of that first blush impression of a place can can often hide ongoing systemic abuses that you don't see until it's too late. Um, I did not think that playing Tales of Arise would make me think about the ways in which access to resources and certain resources can maintain historical oppression. Like, I didn't think that I would, it is, it is not the, um, God, what was the name of that podcast that would, that we listened to a few years ago? 
uh, about the um, the huge trash uh, dump in Chicago. The city. The city. city. The city, mm-hmm. right? Which is about um, God. What was the name of the What was the name of the um, the trash dump? Mount something. Mount. Oh boy, this is gonna kill me. You know what I'm it was talking named about, probably the councilman, right? Yes, it was a hundred percent. Maybe it wasn't Mount something, but it was named. No, for, it, was, it, was, it was like Mount. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, uh, and and I did not expect this this game to make me think about that that story and other instances of uh, sort of ecological racism, uh, mm. but it did. And mm. so, like the fact that it went there and not the direction that I thought it was going to go, um, and the fact that at while it does still have at its core this sort of like, hey, we can't replace one one you know we can't replace racism against us with racism against them, uh, that 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 still runs through this. I do think that it's it does not think that it is a a, a zero sum game. I think that it, it seems to understand that like when you have an oppressed and occupied people, the condition the the situation is not just like. Well, they kill us, so that means we can't kill them, or something like that. I think it's a little bit more complex than that, and a little sharper uh, in its its depiction of fantasy occupation. Um, and so, I, I, you know, again, maybe it throw, throws all that away in the third act and becomes just a story about magic. And I know that it's going to end up being a love story between the two leads, mm-hmm. obviously, because that's why you set up the thorn girl yeah. and the the big eyed boy. But like, um, uh, I, I've been pleasantly surprised by it so far uh and i do think that it's going to have a big moment like i do genuinely think this is a game that is going to be in five years there are going to be people being like man tales of rise was so good like there's gonna be a lot of people being like why didn't more people play tales of her eyes and then i'm gonna go to the wikipedia and be like it sold eight million copies what are you talking about like yeah there are twenty thousand like positive reviews on steam (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so so yeah tales of rise uh happy with it happy that happy to to have played it very funny that it that big JRPG is going to be one of the last games I cover for the podcast. <laughs> you know, how it genre. Goes. That's yeah. It turns out uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, Patrick, how how much can you talk about Life is Strange? Uh, the the yeah, the review embargo is up. The game is oh. uh, I think out um, when um, this podcast will come out. Yeah, Life is Strange, a True Colors, True Colors, uh, a story about uh, if you don't know anything about it. Uh, but this is like part of the promotional material, so this is not a, a spoiler. It's about a girl named uh, Alex Chen, um, who, uh, a girl who grew up in the foster system, who comes uh, is is contacted by her brother, who they like lost each other through the foster uh, system, and uh, goes to meet up with him in a small town, kind of a mountain town in in Colorado, um, and he dies, and the story is about Alex figuring out what happened um the because it is a life is strange game there is uh what are they what are they what are they what were we joking about in the trailer of me three do you remember oh i don't remember something power of empathy right so she you know the life is strange series if you haven't played them before they are these adventure games in which you do a lot of talking to people very 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 light puzzle solving um, but it is mostly a game in which you talk to people, explore environments, and explore a young adult style um, sort of story about a collection of characters. And there is a historically, there's always been a supernatural twist uh, to it to some degree. Um, in the first game, uh, you could rewind time. 
um, in uh, the second game. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of like forced like powers, right? Kato. The, it wasn't yeah. really. It was like telekinesis. Um, and then <laughs> telekinesis. Yeah. 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 Telekinesis is, is the, is a good shorthand. And then, um, in this one, which is not developed by don't nod. It's made by deck nine, the spinoff studio that was, did life is strange before the storm, a game that I think has a really poor and traumatic ending, but is pretty underrated. Um, I actually quite liked a lot of uh, before the storm, really great soundtrack too. Um, that studio made this Life is Strange True Colors um, because Don't Nod is off doing. They got like a huge investment from like Tencent or, you know, like one of those companies that's, you know, you know, mm-hmm. investing in everyone these days. And they kind of split from Square to do their do their own thing going forward, whereas Square owns the, the Life is Strange IP. And so uh, Alex Chen's power in this one uh, is, yeah, the power of empathy. It's like a very loose skill set. I have played the first two of five chapters. Her, her empathy are all out. They're not doing they're an episode. They're all thing. out. Um, okay. um, it's still built episodically in which there are like, you know, there is a, an emotional climax and then a look at the choices that other people made that you made. How does that mm-hmm. line up? Um, that sort of thing. Then you can choose to go back to the main menu or skip right into the next episode. But her, her, the power of empathy is when people are experiencing strong emotions uh, to her, like like kind of an aura is radiated. So if someone is like extremely angry and upset, it's red. If they're sad, it's blue. If they're they're scared, it's purple. Um, if they're confused, yada yada yada. They kind of go go down the, the the list. And she has the ability to sort of like both f- feel their thoughts and emotions, but also, um, like there's this is a mild spoiler for for one of the sections of the game. Um, but it's like more illustrative, I think, of the like kind of the power set that she's dealing with. Is there someone, it's an elderly woman running a flower shop and she is dealing with some sort of, it's not clear what medical diagnosis she has gotten. Is this, is this Alzheimer's or, or something like that? But it is, it is a, some sort of memory issue that this woman has. And you are able to like go into her mind, so to speak, and see what she's confused about and how, the, how she perceives the world. And so Alex is able and again, it's like a again, like it's a very confusing power set that seems sort of like whatever they want it to be at the time that they want it to be. Um, I've heard it evolves over the course of the five episodes, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe it lands in something that feels a little more specific. All told, I'm like fucking irrational about these games. Like I adore them. Like the stories always like break my heart. They have, they're they pitch themselves as progressive, but have all sorts of problems in terms of representation. But they're earnest, like, mm-hmm. and that's, like, where I think, like, kind of, like, the young adult comparison, like, kind of comes from and, and rings true. Like, it's just unbelievably earnest, and uh, it doesn't always work, but I just, every single one, I, re- like, love for different reasons to the point that, you know, like, I was reading this art, this, I really recommend reading, all the reviews have been, like, pretty positive, and I sort of, like, align with them of what I've played, but I would definitely read, um... Uh, Shannon Lau's review over at Washington Post um, in which she sort of like breaks down essentially how the game's earnestness uh, allows it to sidestep actual questions of like how people of color would be treated in like a small mountain town and how this is a game in which uh, yeah it has a queer Asian American at the center of it and just everyone accepts every everyone is just kind of like loving and accepting. It's just sort of like want you know 
wants to have the representation without necessarily always uh, tangling with uh, what would come with that. Arguably, I would say Life is Strange 2 did a pretty decent job of it relative to like how the series has dealt with sexuality and race and, and other like issues of identity that it is constantly in the playground of, of, of using and like is very proud of saying like, Hey, this is the one with X, Y, Z. Like it is that kind of series now where you expect it to be like kind of championing that in terms of uh, like the kinds of characters and stories it chooses to, to, to use uh, for its, for its storytelling. Um, but uh yeah, I yeah, I, I I have some real issues early on with like the again like the the, the brother dies uh pretty abruptly and then this time skip from the first episode to the second episode I don't want to get into exact like you know sp- spoilery bits but it just sort of like jumps over a bunch of trauma and the storytelling is like let's get to the mystery part <laughs> um in a way that uh I I I just didn't feel landed right but um, those sorts of storytelling missteps, I feel like are part and parcel with this series in general, because really what Life is Strange is about is like a a big cast of characters that you end up falling for and crying about. That was true in the mm-hmm. first one. It's true in the second one. It seems absolutely true in this this third one. Um, like Alex Chen is just like, yeah, like immediately charmed, have a crush on. Then you meet another character. You are charmed have a crush on like it's just that type of game and that type of franchise i think the writing has come a long way i think like the writing and voice acting in this one whatever storytelling missteps it has are is 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 pretty exceptional like it's mm-hmm. become much more naturalistic in a way that um i think helps make up for some of the storytelling uh issues that that it has like the just the the, the writing is really sharp um and feels like it's coming from actual humans which was not always not always the case in life is strange because it's often paired with some pretty uh awkward animation mm-hmm. um you know it's definitely not a series that is at the cutting edge of animation yeah. technology in a in a you know sort of naughty dog uh, fashion which is fine because it it carries itself in other ways but um yeah so that's where i'm at with it right now i'm really compelled to see the rest of it but it's if you like the life is strange games and accept them like warts and all like this is another one of those and i love it and i cannot have an irrational like a rational opinion about its faults <laughs> which is why like go read like someone else shannon's yeah. like yeah a review of it because it really it, it applies the critical lens that i am like incapable of doing like i acknowledge it i am not saying these problems don't exist but it's also like they've also existed from the beginning and then like the ya earnest energy like gets in me and the Suffian Stevens like <laughs> soundtrack uh-huh. bullshit yeah. kicks uh-huh. in and I'm like I'm ready to cry like I just don't care I just don't I'm like I do I do care but like you know what I mean you just get swept up yes. like yeah like, I get it. it it almost feels like the closest to the way you guys talk about anime bullshit is how I feel about life is strange where it's just that like I'm here like yeah, I'm, I'm here for I'm, it I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm here for it um yep, yep. Because and that like the kind of energy I often frequently feel like, you know, like a lot of my friends that like the way they talk about anime is like, damn, I just talk about like that. But just it's life is strange instead. Mm -hmm. And you should get into YA. I feel like someone should start recommending some YA books for Patrick. I feel uh, like it's a genre space that you would enjoy. Well, I feel like it's one of those things that I just got to wait it out and my daughter will get into it. And 
then I can Read just along. I can just go down. Yes. I can safely yeah. go down that path, and we can we can both appreciate early Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm excited for you to yeah. check it out, yeah. Kyle. I know I know that you have also played these games and quite liked yeah. Life is Strange two in too. particular, like, it's, it's, which is. Un- yeah. Unfortunate to hear then that like some of that like awareness around race was dropped because that was kind of the focus of two, and it and it's different right. teams, right? So it's, right. it's a different team. Yeah. So, um, so but yeah, that I thought, I thought so two it makes game, sense with that. Yeah, I don't. That, I don't know that two was like always successful. No, like you know, this series is also like very um, you know, beats you over the head with its. The like, rap was also two was less popular, right? Yeah. Like, it yes. Well, they. So, I mean, they I, yeah, well, they made, I think, the bold decision to ditch, like, the incredibly popular right. characters from the first one and tell a different mm-hmm. story. Um, and the thing they, quote, should have done was, like, picked up those characters and told another story about them. But I thought it was, like, really cool that they said, actually, no, this is an anthology. They also got buried under the fact that it took almost two years for right. all the episodes to come the out. long gaps um, between episodes. It really kind of yeah, killed momentum on brutal. it. It was a bummer. Um, it's and, good. If you're yeah. listening to this and haven't checked it out and like the first one, but we're like, ah, oh, the second one's not about them. You should still check it out. It's a very good game. <laughs> it's very good. Like the, um, like uh, mild uh, spoilers. I'll speak in generalities, but there's the, the sequence kind of, you know, this one, the one where they're in the hotel and one of the children gets to confront yeah. their mother about uh-huh. their how they feel about them as a parent. And that parent also gets to explain how they arrived at that as a parent is. Yeah. You just don't, I've never seen something like that in a video game before. And is one of those like moments that I think about all the fucking time. Especially Um, one where it does those things with the, with the mind towards race that it does. Like, like you can maybe still get, almost there in other games when like a, a parent and child having like a tough reconciliation and like this one still stands out but like there's also like the added thing of like and there's racial tension here because uh, they're mixed race and like it kind of hits a lot of that like really well as like mm. yeah it was a really standout moment yeah and I, and, I, and I would say one of the interesting differences between Life is Strange 2 especially and True Colors is I mean, True Colors from the jump is like, we are here to emotionally manipulate. <laughs> like, we are here to lean into all of the tricks in that has, have been learned in media, in writing, in visual presentation, in, in aesthetic, in, like everything. It's just like, we're here. Like, it's just that it is leaning into that really hard. And I actually thought Life is Strange 2 got a- away from that. It still had the, like, you know, uh, panning shots of, like the environment with the again indie yeah. music with yeah. the uh you know a go- mm-hmm. ghostly vocals playing like it's that was still there but it didn't feel like they were pressing the buttons as hard right into and true colors again like from the start it's just like ha like we're gonna press all those like they just have a keyboard out and they're just like hitting all of them <laughs> um and and I'm here for that mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I, I like I I I am I booting up this game knowing that's what it's uh, it, it intends to do and is going to do. Um, but I think as, you know, like, you know, as I mentioned, like Shannon's review at, at, at Washington Post kind of points out, like it's, it leaves things on the table where it wouldn't, it could have done more mm-hmm. with those things. Like the storytelling, it could have been doing what it's doing and also right. included some, some of this friction that it chooses to say, 
uh, like it just essentially chooses to completely sidestep. Also, you want to play a game where uh, uh, clearly a character who is just trying to be J.K. Simmons as like your local bartender <laughs> um, come to come come to True Colors. It's he's a he's a delight. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like it for faults and all for it's the, the, this new this new team that's now done two of these games like they. They know what the series is and what people like about it. And, you know, if that frustrates you, I totally get it. Um, but it also seems to be kind of on its track. And True Color seems to be on that track pretty well. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what else what else it's got for me. Nice. I'm I'm hopeful to hear good things. I, I, I might I might play it. I haven't played. I played the first one or I. I feel like you're gonna hate one. it. I feel like you're gonna hate. Why? It. You think I don't <laughs> I have the earnest, the earnest? I don't know. In, in I don't me? know. I don't. I. I just. I could see, I, like reading Shannon's review. You think that the things that upset? I think the things that yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shannon. I won't be able to see past. And I'm sure other reviews like have mentioned this. Like, but like Shannon's review, like really just like crystallized it. Like that was the the focal point of of the right, review. Right, it's just right. the one I read. Um, yeah. But I didn't read all the reviews of the game. But um, I just look at that, and then you say you're interested, and like maybe <laughs> I mean, maybe you'll be taken by it. I was. All, I'm also interested in going back and playing two, which I also never got around to. And that's what I, I feel like. If you're gonna, you know play, I mean? if you're gonna play one, so maybe I, I like go back and play two. I feel like two. you should go play two yeah, instead okay. of instead of this. And I again, I haven't finished True Colors, but I, if you were gonna but ask your me feel. which one you yeah. were gonna go back, like I don't necessarily the new one. I think I think I think two has more that right. would speak to you from a storytelling perspective than sure. than what this has so far. Well. Uh, first, I need to finish a different adventure game that is speaking to me currently. Uh, you ever find a, seri- a series that exists that you didn't know existed, <laughs> and you're like, "Damn, dude, what the fuck? Why didn't anyone tell me about this?" Shit? Seems cool. <laughs> uh, this is I am playing Opus Echo of Star Song. I think Kato, you're also playing this. Yeah. This is by Sigono, which I think is a Taipei based uh, developer. Um, uh, this, you know, you get a lot of emails when you're in in game journalism. <laughs> you get a lot of emails that are just like, "Hey, this game's coming out," and most of them, you, just, you cannot you cannot request code and genuinely try to play everything that gets offered because there's that many games that come out today. Uh, but I, when I first got an email about this game, not that's not true, definitely not when I first, but two weeks ago or whatever, I got an email that was like, "Hey, a release date for this game is coming out. You know, it's out on the first. If you're interested, let us know." And I was like, "Okay, let me click through and look at the trailer for this." I was like, "Damn, this looks good." Um, it's called Opus Echo of Star Song. Uh, and it is a mostly narrative adventure game with some puzzle and resource uh, management mm. um, uh, aspects, but the focus is really the story. The premise, I, I mean, I was just like blown away by the look, the look of it, which is this kind of like, just uh, kind of, it's not fair to call it a simple looking. The characters have a sort of lower poly vibe in the like KRZ. Yeah. like space i They're would like say a step uh, but there's some very de- detailed almost like but very close right yeah. and the environments are are i think more detailed yeah. even than that by by another step um uh and you are playing the game opens with you as an old man who is the head of a spacefaring clan of people who is returning to this old uh kind of asteroid relic like the the ruins of some sort of old old uh uh temple or something inside of an asteroid 
uh, and uh, uh, you were there with like all of your retainers because you're from a clan of space travelers, uh, and they are like, "Hey, dude, like you're you don't like you got to let the past go a little bit." He's like, "I refuse to let the past go. Like I have to do this for her." And then you immediately start, you, you jump back in time to a, a kind of flashback sequence. And the game is a frame story in which you as the, this, this old dude are remembering your, your experiences as a young man who has been exiled from his clan for fucking up. Uh, uh, and now you're out in this incredibly interesting yeah. and evocative world, uh, filled with lore and information about the, the history of this space that gives this really great material past. Um, uh, and you, the characters that you meet and, and, and the ways in which you begin exploring this world, learning more about it, uh, are just fantastic. Uh, it is a, the gist on the setting is that like, there was a sort of space race or there was sort of a, I guess more, it's like there was a gold rush, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, in space. And then that led to war and then sort of things sort of settled and you're living in the aftermath of that war that we're it's settled but as as always when something settles that often means it settles on top of certain people Uh, (laughs) um and here it has it has left a lot of different types of people without um and so you have an increase in space piracy and smuggling you have this kind of monolithic corporation uh on, on one end and you have all these different cultures on the other end uh some of the cultures work with the corporation to try to end the war quickly and they are uh ostracized for it uh and, and core to all of this are the existence of witches space witches who can sense out where the space gold is there's this kind of space space oil is really more right lumen. uh called lumen yeah. uh, uh which you know they have a whole mythology around they have a whole religious you know, belief around where it came from. That's really well, that's really well defined. And like, it shows up in the architecture and the, the iconography of all these different like space gods, uh, you know, in different temple facilities and stuff. Um, and the reason the name of the game is Echo of Star Song is because the witch you meet, and I think witches in general, can find, can locate the lumen using magical songs. They can record themselves singing uh, they can kind of tune into the waves of the galaxy to, to locate stuff. And then also their songs are sort of tools in your toolbox that you can use during the light puzzle solving mm-hmm. stuff in the game. Um, it's fantastic. It's really cool. Kata, yeah. you're, you're, you're also yeah, playing it. I just point. love the world. The world building is like out of this world. And like, for example, the witches, right? Uh, they they can use the yeah. star song to not only find where the lumen is, but interact with these ancient ruins. Uh, but right. of course, someone's figured out a way to kind of bypass that with technology. Like the thing, the, the fir- one of the first right. things that you do as right. your, your character right. is you pull out a fucking staff that you just plug in a recording into and you like play the right star song. And it's just like that that little moment alone is just like, oh my God. Oh, it's like, degrading. Yeah. But your recording is falling apart because it's so right. old, and so that means it's it's limited. Just, also, I just <laughs> want to be clear: this is not a game that takes itself like it takes itself seriously enough to tell a sad story, a sad romance story. But also, one of the first sequences is your character getting completely owned by a little capybara yeah. yes. space yes. trader. Uh, it's incredible. It's so funny. The characters are very cute <laughs> when they need <laughs> to be cute. 
Um, Captain the, Barry and yeah, Crater is yeah. great. It's it does, so it's good. Not the even, fact he's smoking is pretty yeah. choice. <laughs> it's well, so and good. And they, they don't come up with a fancy sci-fi name. No, it's Captain Barry and Crater. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. The characters are great. The the way that it like drops little world building tips or hints throughout it is great. And again, the thing that blows me the way the most is that like I was like, oh cool, what else did these people make? Oh, it's, it's, okay, the Opus Echo of Star Song, cool name, cool name. Let me click on their thing on Steam. Oh, uh, Opus Rock, Rocket of Whispers, Opus The Day We Found Earth. Like this is a series of games. Like this is a standalone game. You can go play like, play this by yourself by itself. You don't need to play all of these. But like, and I haven't gone back yet, but I will at some point because like they have all the time. And these games are different in genre. I mean, they're all narrative focused, but they're doing other different things in terms of what the, the narrative is splashed with in terms of like, this one seems to be kind of a base building game. You know, this other one uh, uh, has an entirely different kind mm-hmm. of structure um, uh, of exploration and stuff. And it's like, I, I wish anyone... I'm sure the PR people are yelling at sure. me right now. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I fucking, we did try to tell you, but like, this is part of the problem with, with the space is like, it's so, it's so easy for something to get lost in, in the cracks and not find an audience. So like, go look these games up. They might be for you. Um, uh, or it does find, but it's also, you know, finds an audience, but like finds an audience and, uh, versus is talked right. about in yes. mainstream podcasts and like yep. game crit and coverage. Like those are different right. things. Like there are, Tens of thousands of games on Steam that have yep. huge communities. The developers are financially successful, and they've never had an article written or like you know, bar- you know, barely any coverage uh, given to them. Like that, that stuff freak. Just because it doesn't get written about, doesn't yep. mean it hasn't like become a success. Um, uh, uh, in any case, I, yeah. Go ahead, I was going to ask how far had you gotten because I was curious how much I'm in. I was just curious how much some of Go the ahead. mechanics kind of really started to. I'm like getting right to the beginning of them introducing more things, and they seem interesting. Are you in chat? Were you in chapter two? Yeah, I think I'm near the end of chapter two. Yeah, yeah, that's about where I am. Also, so like they've introduced all that stuff. It doesn't seem like it's it's uh, maybe maybe in chapter three they'll get more. I mean, so know, like developed let's further. Let's explain like, it really quick. Is like you 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 have to yeah, uh, actually um, kind of navigate through space in this game and you have like limited like a galaxy yeah you have a galaxy map and you get at the beginning at the beginning here you're getting kind of uh new uh places to go just through the thrust of the story and i'm curious whether or not that opens up more because there are other nodes on the map right and i can see this turning into like a certain oh like we still have to we have to also make our way like like leapfrog instead of uh just go straight to the next spot if we have to like get resources and make like stop at a shop like that sort of thing i'm curious how in-depth it gets because that that one that part of it is also really interesting but even if it doesn't get much more in-depth the narrative Mm -hmm. here is so interesting that i'm still i'm still like compelled to move forward either way yeah, where I'm at it has not developed much past main story beat like location. I mean, again, yes, there are lots of places on the map right now that that um I've gone to. So I've gone off the beaten path to explore some of mm-hmm. those spaces, and many of them I don't have the thing I need to interact right. there yet right. or whatever. But I've also gotten I've also gotten a few things that felt like almost random event like a la FTL, but maybe those were scripted things that are like when you arrive, something da 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 happens. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That sort of thing. Um, and, and now you have plus three fuel, right. you know? Um, so it seems like that system is going to develop out. It's, it's a, it's, I wish I had found the time to just play through the whole thing, 
Um, I want to say that like, most of the reviews that I've read that have completed it are in the 15 to 20 hour range. Nice. Um, uh, so it's, 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 I guess I see some things here that like even lower than that, 10, 10 to 12. Um, so I, I bet I could pa- power through that this week. Um, but, but yeah, Opus, Echo of Star Song, I'm really, really, really happy to have like said yes on this <laughs> yeah. one. You know, <laughs> you get the email and you go, yeah, let me just, let me just reach out and say yes to a code and just check it out real quick. And, and, Having put a few hours into it, feels good. Um, Rob, you and I, I touched this a little bit, but I do want to know from you, what do you think about Dice Legacy? Uh, so I've had an arc with that. Hmm. Yeah. At first, I was like, this is beautiful, but trivial. Uh, a, a very, <laughs> very flimsy game. It is a uh, dice-based worker placement survival city builder (laughs) and if you like coming to understand what this game is from just playing it for the first time was the most like okay okay so let's so first of all class is real in this game and every (laughs) class has its place to play in the medieval society that you're (laughs) building or the the sort of medieval society you're building but like in the conceit of the opening campaign, you're a band of shipwrecked uh, survivors who washed up in this ring world, uh, uh-huh. essentially. And this is funny because as you scroll deeper into the map, you are scrolling the camera up the loop. <laughs> uh, and so one of the things that happens later is it gets hairier and hairier just keeping track of where everything is yeah. because you're like racing the camera up the uh, up the loop. Trying to see like where one thing is happening and then racing back to where some of your production buildings are, 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 uh, stationed. So the thing is, all your workers are dice and to activate your workers, you roll the dice and then whatever face turns up, that is the action they can take. So peasants can, peasants can explore, peasants uh-huh. can go gather, peasants can build. Um, but the right. thing so, is, again, to be clear, what you're looking at is like a map of, of a shore to begin. Yeah. And there are a bunch of things around. There's there's shipwreck that you can clear up. And to do that, you have to place a die that has the like work face on it. Right. And your starting yes. dice have work, build, uh, fight, uh, right. and then a couple of other things that I don't quite remember right yeah, now. Yeah, it's gather and explore. Gather and explore. Uh, and so you can place those most of those places and then and that's your forest spaces that you can put them on to get wood. And each one has a socket associated with a, right. a yes. die face, yes. basically. Yes. So the thing so is you're rolling first, dice and being like, oh, I'm gonna put this this one landed on work. I can put this on the shipwreck to, to build this down. This one landed on build. Hey, I wanna build a windmill. Let me put this or uh, or whatever. You know, I'm gonna build a uh a house and you put that down on the build slot and then you build a house, right? Just I just wanted to make the or yeah. I guess you place a house from your list of things you can build almost like an RTS or a city builder, and then you put the, the, the die in. That's now, the very basics. Let's yeah. get to it. Uh-huh. If you put two dice in a house, they create a new die. That's just that's just biology. <laughs> that's baby. biology. That's that's how it works. <laughs> that's how However, dice work. That is that is where you get your dice, uh yes. in fact. Uh so uh dice legacy is blowing the lid off the uh bespoke dice. <laughs> Uh, ecosystem that's remained <laughs> hidden for for generations. Um, so the thing is, you can only have 
12 dice in your pool at one time. If ever there's more dice trying to return to your pool than that, you have to discard. Um, also, this each dice, each, each one of them, each die has a number next to it. That is how many spin, how many times you can roll it before it dies. Yes, well, they have durability. Yes. Now you can restore their durability by feeding them. Uh, or like, you know, there's uh, dice can get sick. You send them to an apothecary and you got herbs. You can give them two herbs and the die is sort of healed. So at first, it's like, I don't really like there's kind of nothing to this. Like I'm gathering stuff. I'm building stuff up. It's not really like I don't totally see where the pressure is coming from. This all seems pretty straightforward. But then the game starts throwing little curveballs at you. Uh, for one thing, seasons change. Uh, winter comes in and dice freeze. Yeah. Uh, where like if they're working in an unheated site and keeping heaters running is massively expensive. Like it requires three wood to make a heater run for a minute and a half. Um, winter, winter is, is, is like, yeah. It was like eight minutes or something ridiculous. It's long. And so yeah. you just probably don't have the wood reserves. And the other thing is your town will not be centralized enough for one heater to make everything work. Because the other way that you're going to be expanding and opening up new resource tiles like forests, like hunting grounds, like quarries, is you build these things called like district uh, headquarters and they they act as like the next springboard for your ongoing uh, colonization of this territory. Then you start getting attacked by mysterious others. Oh, the uh, people who lived here already, you mean? Well, I mean, you're, you're, you no? landed on a shore, didn't well, you? It's not clear to just... me they're alive right now, uh, is what okay. I would say. <laughs> um, it, and they look an awful lot like us. Uh, ah. But like their settlement looks a lot like ours. It does. This um, is true. And so there's there's a little bit of like, what's what's going on with these folks? It seems a bit unsavory. Uh, the, there's there's uh, poisoners running around trying to kill you. Their 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 town is like this creepy blighted, uh, like the hellhole. Um, so the other, so they're gonna start coming in. And suddenly it's like, oh, I do need fighting dice. You haven't needed those. But now, like, okay, it's a good thing workers have uh, that that sword icon, because now when uh, the invaders come, I can sort of send a guard out and take care of them. But sometimes they start stepping up the tempo a lot. And you might realize, like, wow, I wish I had someone more purpose-built for fighting. Just someone wow. dedicated to fight if I needed someone to fight. You can build... A barracks, which takes a peasant dice. You put a peasant in the barracks and give them two iron. Oh. And the dice changes color from peasant orange to soldier blue. And that mm -hmm. means they can still do things. They have a building face, but they have more swords uh, than the peasant dice do. Um, and so, like, warriors will be more reliable for being able to respond to invasions. But now you've got to die in your pool that can't do most of the stuff you need to be doing to keep the settlement running. Um, but, you know, there's a countervailing thing you can do, which is you can take one of your peasants and turn them into a citizen. Citizens Ooh. don't do the hunting gathering stuff, oh. but they do a lot of the crafting and uh, like, uh, they, they can do some research, uh, but mostly they're like 
crafts, craftsmen and like researchers is kind of what they are. So they can build, they can, uh, you know, they can craft, but they can't, they can't really gather. Um, and they got one face that allows them to, if they're put in a workshop, three, uh, citizens in a workshop with their little book icons, uh, open, they will generate research points that allow you to sort of develop your city. Um, but you'll start running into the issue of like, boy, 12 dice feels like it is not nearly enough for what is being thrown at me. And so you start realizing I could just start hoarding dice in these other parts of town and not activate spaces. So like you build houses and only put one dice in there. And so that way the timer doesn't start for there being a new dice created. Now it's just a dice chilling. And this means you can also use to use those to store rolls you want. Like say sometimes you get a super good roll uh, on a dice, like a a dice has got high morale, uh, that, that class is happy. Uh, they, right. In, by the way, you have to keep all of the citizen, soldier, and peasant also all have meters on the side of the board that say how happy they are with the way you're running God. things. And if they riot, you're done. Um, <laughs> oh, it's bad, dude. So the thing is, um, so you'll start like hoarding die rolls. Like, for instance, you might have a warrior that has a um, fight icon. And then because like there are some bonuses in play that sword icon is worth two. So you want to keep that in case some uh, like real badasses show up and you need to fend them off. So you put that warrior in a house mm-hmm. and now you start like sort of socketing away all these little useful uh, little roles uh, set, setting off to the side. And so you only have 12 in your pool washing in and out doing your routine stuff, but then scattered around your town, you have a bunch of dice that are sort of being saved for different purposes. But the problem is you can't do anything while paused in this game. You can pause the game, but you cannot issue commands while it is paused. So when at various places, things begin happening very fast. Um, For instance, the timers are counting down. You have more than 12 dice out doing things right now, which means you have more than 12 dice returning to your pool soon. If you don't efficiently get them retasked and moved out, you'll start having to discard them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, for instance, being rushed by enemies and at various po- points, their tempo of attack will really step up. It'll be like it goes from like small raids to every 10 seconds, like there's a massive army battering down your door. Um, you will be frantically like looking around your town trying to like, where did I put those dice? In what house do I have my good warriors? Um, where did I put? Where did I put the peasant who had the two uh, gears, uh, the, the double gears uh, value? Because I really need him to extinguish a fire uh, right now before something burns down. Um, by the way, all the resource nodes that you're using are depleting as you're sort of pulling from them. Uh, you sort, you know, you overforest. You start running out of places to get wood. Um, And so I'm sort of in this place now where it's like it's a very hectic and it's a lot of fun rolling the dice. And it's a really pretty game. Um, I'm still I still don't see the whole thing. I don't know where it's going. Uh, There's already some places where I'm like the economy seems like it's sort of lurching to a halt here. Uh, And I don't know like what the next stage is because I don't see 
fixes in the uh eco- right. in the research tree but like there are other classes like you get merchants right. um and they can do some merchant shit and they're really good at uh like exploring they're really good at uh gathering um you can get gosh you can get uh like uh religious dice you can get like priest dice uh little purple dice uh that do like priest stuff i've messed with them too much um and so you'll you'll end up with this whole like menagerie of of dice uh and you can even put the dice into little things like an enhancement engine which makes it a better dice um if you feed it resources so you can like have a legendary worker uh you know sort of in your in your deck um yeah i don't know i'm 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 finding it charming and really hectic and i think i'm in that part of it where it's probably the most fun for me because i'm still learning new things about the game and new parts of the like arc of progression are becoming apparent after multiple towns just falling apart (laughs) uh for me because i was really like trying to be overly efficient i was trying to do too much and i was like cycling dice around too much and i was kind of um in that churn i was wearing dice out and i was causing like food shortages in my town uh, and so I had like multiple towns basically collapse under riot riots, um, especially because uh, the peasantry did not feel I was looking after their interests. Um, they were like, you, you every year you get to choose a bonus uh, put forth by the town council. Each bonus option is associated with a different class in your town. And if you like the bonuses are good, but picking one necessarily means you rejected two. Right. Which means the other two classes who put forth motions will be pissed. Um, and so over that year, you just got to worry about like, are these folks going to riot? They might. Yeah, I, it's it's it's. There's a lot going on there, and I kept thinking about like how well it is it is built to take advantage. It's a very board gaming mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. but it really takes advantage of the digital space incredibly well. One, by having things like timers and unpred- – like, obviously, you can do this with, like, a deck of cards and t- a turn-based system. But I think there's something very special about the thing that you said a few minutes ago, which is you can pause this game, but you can't do anything while paused. Um, and you can have real-time board games. You can have timers on apps or via, you know, little hourglasses or egg timers or whatever. But I think there was something really special about the sense of dread as things move tick forward and the way – those last moments of winter are we're like oh god we're just i'm so close to spring i'm so close to the the hot weather coming back (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i can start doing stuff and i think that that stuff takes advantage of it it just really well also yeah the fact that it's uh, you're on like a halo you're on like a ring world in space effectively but it's but it's like medieval Mm -hmm. it's very weird um that's called dice legacy uh and that's out that came out today right or or i guess yesterday if you're listening to this on the 10th um Patrick, do you want to hit WarioWare before we go to questions? Yeah, it's fine. Wow. New it's WarioWare yeah, like, and I, it gets it's fine? Yeah, it's fine. I yeah. Oh. You're uh, killing it. Damn me with faint with faint praise. Yeah, well, uh this is a I this is a multiplayer version of WarioWare in which you can play single player. Right. In sure. which uh and I'm not playing it multiplayer. It seems like a lot. What from what I've read, mm-hmm. like there's the multiplayer is very fun. It makes the little mini games like very chaotic. If you haven't played WarioWare before, like the basic pitch is like, hey, you need to complete, let's say, ten 
what they call micro games where you yeah. have like five seconds to complete a task. Like all of a sudden you're dropped in and uh, you need to figure out there's a giant nose and there's nose hairs. And it turns out you need to like jump at the nose and like knock the nose hairs out or you uh, uh, like you, you get in and there's a big, uh, you know, uh, a big spoke and it turns out you need to jump on that spoke. So it turns this other thing and and you have, you have just no time to recognize what's in front of you. And that's the joy of it is that you're going to succeed. You're going to fail. You have no context going in other than the fact that I'm going to be asked to do something extremely quickly. And then halfway through the round, it speeds up and you have to do them even faster than before. And you, you probably haven't seen, you know, if you're only playing it through, you know, through to see, to see it once or twice, you maybe you've never seen the games that you've played before. And like, that's a lot of the joy is like, can you take your knowledge of playing video games and quickly apply it to what is essentially like a visual puzzle? Like it uh-huh. is rarely mechanically complex to any sort of degree. It is more just, and it's also very humorous. Again, like you're jumping on a nose to knock out nose hair. That's not an explicit one that's in there, but it's within the wireware yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, universe. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I played like two hours. Like it's fine. Like it's, it's just fine. Like I, I don't know that I like the fact that they, decided this time around to have a giant cast of characters like the story is that wario's game has glitched and has bugs in it and you need to go eliminate the bugs and you're like going along this tiny little world map that introduces you to the various characters that have been in the wireware franchise before uh they all have different move sets but they can also oh you know it's like uh, a character can shoot or a character can jump high or um and so when you get to a so world they play the mini games differently then? they play the mini games differently huh. it's unclear to me if some mini games are exclusive to characters mm. or if everybody can accomplish everything it's just you might accomplish it differently as 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 a result i'm you know i'm not super super clear on that it's interesting but i also think it ends up flattening some of the design as as a result as you know whereas if the if the map if like the maps or whatever the levels were intricately designed for like one move set you can like do a little bit more uh with them um yeah it's like it's like fine in the way like a lot of like frankly like a lot of nintendo games in the switch area are like fine like there's real highs but if you would go over like everything nintendo's produced like in the switch era there's a lot of like eh like all right like guess you brought that back that's like my big fear of like metroid dread is like great uh you know you brought it back for like a well that's fine, and that's kind of what WarioWare mm. is. It's a, uh, it's fine. Like it, it, you know, it's it's fifty dollars, I believe, which is a lot mm. for a WarioWare game, especially if you're not going to gauge in the multiplayer. If you don't want to do high scores, like a lot of WarioWare's appeal for me is, I want to just shoot through, you know, yeah, wacky boom, games boom, boom. Yeah. once, yeah. like experience the humor and move on. And fifty bucks—that's a—that's a—that's a tall order. What for, was 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 smooth moves fifty bucks on the Wii? I the think Wii this is one? the most expensive one they've they've done. I, okay. I could be wrong on that. I mean, the reason I, I bring that up is because smooth moves really also felt—I mean, it wasn't only multiplayer by any means, but it felt multiplayer focused because that's how the Wii fit into my life mm, at yeah. the time. Um, and it makes me wonder if that game similarly was like leaned that direction and, and was a full price game because it was a Wii game at the time. I just, you know? I just, that, that series also just peaked at a certain period, which is like when it was mm-hmm. on the GBA, when it was on, there was the DS one, where the DS twisted. one was really good. Yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome. Um, and I don't know, like it's, yeah, I, it seems like WarioWare has struggled as a concept to evolve or with the touched, 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 was, 
Touched is the Twisted is, is the one of them, right? Twisted is the GBA one because okay, it had the little. Gotcha, remember gotcha. the the cart? I want to say had like a gyro or something. Yeah, in so it, good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, love gimmicks. Um, yeah. So yeah, that yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I guess it is damn near with faint praise, but it's just it's just fine. You know, if you're really desperate for a new WarioWare, you know, unfortunately with Nintendo games, it can, it's not the type of thing where you can be like. Well, just like wait six months and you can get it for thirty bucks. Like, no, like it will it's never go on sale. Will always be full price. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I it 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 would be something that I don't know that I feel compelled to to go back to it on my own. But if I had some friends over, it is the kind of game that you don't need to have people that fully understand the vernacular of video games to play. Right, and they could just kind of like fuck around with it and be like, "What the hell did that game just want me to?" to do i could see that being very fun but absent the multiplayer feels like i'm absent like a huge chunk of the game so while that may be unfair to a game that's like hey a big part of our (laughs) pitch is the multiplayer like it's just the case that you know that's what i'm coming to it with and Mm -hmm. i I don't know that it like it it didn't it didn't enthuse me uh that much uh to a degree that i was i was pretty bummed out about it's not bad it's just sort of like ah waited this long for another one and wanted something i will say uh but a game that hit the mark a little more uh, in the same space is a game you can get on Steam now. It's called Spookware. Um, right. And uh, it's a horror-themed, uh, like, a WarioWare, but about following a couple of skeletons that, like, leave their basement. They, like, sit around all day watching VHS horror movies, and then <laughs> one of them has the grand idea to leave. And you have to complete all of these uh, very WarioWare-esque uh uh, uh, mini games like like dig, digging digging yeah. a ditch for a corpse and uh like uh and things like that it's not gory it's all goofy fun um it, it feels very much like what if nintendo you know <laughs> did something horror and it would be like mm-hmm. f- funny and and uh and, and weird and so that seems more up my alley like i finished the first chapter of that and had a really great time with it um and that seemed to scratch the itch more than WarioWare itself did. So if you find yourself on the same boat, like maybe think about checking out Spookware, Spookware. on Steam. Uh, speaking of quick things on Steam, multi- uh, going the other direction, if you want a multiplayer thing on Steam that is is pretty good, uh, Kiwi, K-E-Y-W-E. Kiwi? Kiwi. You play two little Kiwi birds who've been who've joined a, a post office and have to do a bunch of little tasks inside of the post office. It uh, has online play. I've been playing with a friend. Um, uh, and so you're doing things like, you know, at the beginning, you're doing very basic things. Like, you know, you will get a, uh, you will get a, 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 you know, a transmission in. You have to type up on a big typewriter <laughs> that's spread across an entire level. And you're like doing basic platforming to do that. Then you might be another level where you're like pushing packages around conveyor belts or stamping them with the right, like, oh, this has a perishable in it. Um, but but very quickly, the game moves into, like... And also, there are a bunch of bugs in the, in the post office, and they're, like, picking things up and flying them around, or there's a dust storm, and everything is covered in dust, and you will sink into the sand if you're not careful. Um, uh, there's lots of little mini-games. I mean, the whole thing is basically short you know three to four minute long levels but on top of that there's like a rhythm uh like a music mini game there's some other stuff uh it's just fun it's just a fun it's been a fun time i've been playing it with a friend and uh very very characterful and very um uh you know colorful and fun and funny uh the sort of humor that comes from 
you know, there's a there's a mini game that is that you have to bring a bunch of uh, you have to feed your emu um, del- deliver like postage delivery. Uh, I guess I don't know if they're mounts. They might just carry the postage directly out to the people. And so you gotta like feed them and, and give them water and keep them from fighting with each other. And it's very fun to, to be like running around a sort of uh, state, an emu stable, trying to give them the food that they want, trying to get them to stop fighting with each other. Uh, it's good. It's good. I'm, 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 I am pro Kiwi, uh, which is on Steam. It might also be other places. I'm not sure, but I'm playing it on Steam. The mail uh, must flow is a good. Is that, is that the, the That's like motto, the, the logo? Yeah. The, yeah, the mail, it must good. flow. It's true. It's true. Um, we should check out the question bucket because we got some in inspired by a lot of things. My favorite have been inspired by Patrick's Lost Keys. Oh. Gaming mm-hmm. <laughs> is the address to send in your email. Um, this one, this one is, is a phone story, not keys. But Andrew of Canterbury, New Zealand. Not really a question, but a lost phone story. About 10 years ago, I went on a road trip around the South Island of New Zealand. On the way home, we stopped at the observatory at Lake Tekapo, a pretty deserted location in the middle of nowhere. Getting out of the car, my phone slipped from my pocket and fell into the parking lot. We grabbed a coffee and continued home, leaving the phone behind. When I got back to Christchurch, about a three-hour drive away, I noticed my error. Doing what most people would do, I have it ring, uh, I, I... have it ring and thankfully someone answered it turns out a guy picked it up and brought it home i asked where he lived no kidding he lived two blocks away <laughs> thanks and love the pod that uh, rules. Andrew, that's the best that's yeah. the best feeling the sense of like ah uh, this is i can't fucking believe i oh okay yeah you're right there all right perfect there, i um there was a, 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 a similar kind kind soul story in which i uh I had apparently left my wallet on top of like the gas oh, station good. thing, you know, like took take took my card out, like put the wallet up there. Always try to keep that stuff in the car, but like I'd taken it out for whatever reason and didn't even know I'd left it. Like went back mm-hmm. to uh you know the house, um, had no clue that I'd made a, a mistake. And somewhere in there, I guess my my phone number must have been. I don't, I can't remember what. I think my uh like a business card or something must have been in there. And dude just calls me. He's like, hey. I just pulled up to get gas. Your wallet's here. Wow. Like, oh. And he's like, do you want, I'm like, I live around here. Do you want me to drop it off? I was like, no, no, no. Just like, just, could you tuck it behind something up there? I'll, I'll just, I'll just drive up there and, <laughs> and go to see. Yeah, man. Got you. Like sent me a picture. That's um, so funny. And it's like that. Thank, thank you. We're uh, not just taking just it. A, yeah, yeah, or like taking twenty. I don't know. Yeah. I could have yeah. done anything. And yeah, yeah. you take uh, easy, easy to imagine. It was like takes the twenty bucks and then gives it to the to the cashier and yeah, is like, yeah, I found this outside. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I wouldn't even be mad. Like take right. the twenty bucks to turn it in. That's <laughs> uh, that's that's a fair <laughs> that's deal. A, for yeah, yeah. After the, the the time cost of needing to replace everything that's 100%. in there. Was uh, I uh I had the yeah. wildest one of these that I've ever had when I was in New York during between uh, junior and senior years for a residency here, an art residency. Mm-hmm. I lost my wallet on an MTA bus. And I, ran, oh. I it was one of those where you like, I tapped my like pocket as I got oh, off. Yeah. 
and then the bus yeah. drove off and I like I tried to oh. run after it and hope hoped the next light would be red or something and I could catch it or anything and no it was gone gone forever uh I was in I was gonna be in new this was early on too which kind of sucked I was oh. gonna be in New York for a uh, month and a half doing this art residency and I, you know, I just gave it up for loss. I immediately canceled everything. Uh, you know, I had my debit card, credit card in there. It's, it's gone. gone. I had yeah. to like get, uh, I feel, I feel like I had to go get like some cashier checks from a bank account, like, Ooh. because I just didn't have ways Ooh. to like transfer yeah, stuff. It was a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Four days later, my mom calls me. Hey, your wallet just arrived here and there's 10 bucks in there. <laughs> the whole, someone had found it, saw my I driver's wow. ID, mailed it like the same day must have been because that it got there quick. Wow. It was the same week. And I was like, I kind of wish I hadn't canceled all these cards. God damn. All that stuff. But yeah. no, yeah, yeah someone yeah. and like just mailed it away. Just put it in a fucking big padded envelope with my address and sent to our home in Florida. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I don't, Dude. I expected it to be gone forever. <laughs> it's just like, that's that. I also have to feel you for you for that. Like that sense of like, I'm in a new place or a new uh-huh. situation and I don't have yes. my stuff or my, or <laughs> it money. Was horrifying. my first, I think pa- my first packs for giant bomb. It was either Pax or it was e- it was Pax. It was Pax. It was Pax. I mm, was this E three. I can't remember if it was E three or Pax. I had um someone someone uh, I got my my ATM card at the time got caught by a by a what do you call it like a skimmer. Um, yeah, a skimmer. Exactly. I used some ATM I didn't know, and so my 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 card, my debit card, got skimmed, and someone spent all of the money that Ooh. I had. All of mm. it uh, at a Dick Sporting Goods out in Long Island. I obviously called <laughs> my bank and was like, "That wasn't me. I did not spend eighteen hundred dollars uh, on Long Island." They're like, "All right, we'll get a card out to you in like three days or whatever." And I was like, "I have to get on a plane Ugh. like in two days to go to Seattle for an Oof. event." And they were like, "Sorry." Um, and I had a I had a credit card, but like not with not with a very right. high limit. I had like a repair your credit credit card. Um, uh, and I, and I was like, okay, well, I, like, obviously they, they're going to give me my money back, but like, I cannot access that money without going into a bank and cutting myself a check effectively. So I had a little bit of cash on me. Um, uh, and, uh, but I also didn't want to walk around with 1800, like right. money. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to walk around with hundreds and hundreds of hundred dollars in a city I wasn't going to go back to. So I went with very, with, with not enough cash. I underestimated how much cash I needed for that <laughs> event because that's an event where you end up going out to, to, to dinners and you buy people drinks mm-hmm. and blah 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 like it's a networking thing awesome keeps also playing, paying with these giant stacks of cash <laughs> <laughs> also time to CBS- pay for dinner Austin's just yeah. like out <laughs> 20s cbs interactive had stopped giving out company cards the year i started <laughs> that were not tied to your own credit so it wasn't even worth like it was just i could get a card that said cbs on it but it, and it made it easier to expense stuff after uh-huh. the fact, but it wasn't like a. It was still a personal right. line of credit at that point. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, I'm not. Like pull, it pulled into the system immediately, so that like the reason to use it as opposed to your own credit cards, where you right? Could, like your reward points was like, 
Well, if you don't care about that shit or don't want to worry about it, it's just, just like here. you go into the system. And it's like, yes. we pulled up everything that's on this card. Do you want to fill out your expenses? Just expensive. And yeah. so, but, but it was basically advising me. I was like, it's not even worth doing it because it's not like it's like, it's just going to be your credit card, basically. Yeah. So and you like, might as well right, just fine. get the reward points. On exactly. On your own your thing, which is what I was doing at the time. And so I got there. And this was a situation where it was like, okay, well, we need a credit card to put the, the room oh, on. Yeah, and I was oh, like, God. oh, and I'm staying here for like four days in the middle of a convention. I did not have that money. Like it was all paid for, but you have to put a card down that covers that. Thank God. I think Alex or Jeff put their card, put their company card. Like that wasn't coming out of their pockets. They had the old style of company card where it was just going to Uncle CBS, right. you know? Um, uh, and so they, I was fine at the end. But by the last, that last day, I had something like $12 <laughs> in my pocket. And no way to get more Ugh. money. And I had to like get to the airport and I was like, I need to buy a bottle of water. I need like, I need to have like something on until I get back. I got, it was fine. But that like four days of like, okay, I just have to make this money stretch and I don't have a, I don't have anything to like really get me a little yeah. bit further was very stressful. Um, shout out to whoever put my hotel room on their card back then. <laughs> um, another lost key story. This one's brutal. Mark in San Francisco says, first time, long time. I grew up in LA with a family in San Francisco, family in San Francisco, and that round trip has been done hundreds of times by us. One such occasion, my mom and dad were driving up and stopped at the Kettleman City In-N-Out Burger about three hours in the six-hour trip for a great burger and clean bathrooms. Somehow, my mom happened to flush her keys down the toilet. She described it as one of those situations where you see it happening in third person in slow motion almost as soon as it happened. Fortunately, my aunt was able to, was free to make a three hour ride to bring us a spare set of keys. Thanks for everything, Mark in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, like, that's a nightmare. I just feel it. Like, I had feel it in my chest. Well, and also, in my experience, things like that, it's not like, oops, I knocked a thing right into the like, toilet. It's like, yeah. A Rube Goldbergian series yes, of yes, misfortunes yes. that begins with like something like something was balanced on top of like the toilet paper dispenser mm-hmm. and it got brushed and it would have fallen on the floor, but somebody tried to catch it. And instead of catching it, you directed it onto. And yeah, from then on, it's just a nightmare. Uh, yeah, that that's that's how those things tend to go, uh, where it's like. Boy, it sure would be terrible if this improbable misfortune <laughs> happened and then <sighs> the movie plays right before your uh, eyes. Uh, God. <laughs> um, here is a, another key story from Colton. Hi, Waypoint crew. I hope Patrick's managed to find his keys. Mm-hmm. While listening to the stories around, surrounding lost keys, I was reminded of a story of a student losing his room keys early on during my freshman year. I imagine this sort of thing isn't uncommon, but this case was a bit unique. From what I remember, his keys were sitting on a shelf above his desk. Somehow, they ended up falling off the shelf, bouncing on the desk, and shooting off in a random direction too quick for anyone to see. So began the hunt. We looked everywhere on the floor. Nothing. We looked inside the drawers. They weren't there. We literally took the sheets off the bed. Still nothing. We searched the same places again and again and hoped that we, were, we would find them. And it's just infuriating because – you know the keys had to be in this room, and it's not a big room. It's a single dorm. It, it shouldn't be that hard to find a set of keys. Four hours pass. Probably two dozen people have participated in the search at this point. <laughs> Out of desperation, people started searching the neighboring rooms. People even went to the floor below because they just can't consider any other options. And I don't blame them. Anything felt possible at this point. But of course, it was none of those things. It was something so simple, something right in front of us the whole time. 
Another student, more out of boredom than actively searching, picked up the umbrella sitting next to the desk and opened it above his head. Never before has the sound of jingling keys been so pleasant and so irritating at the same time. How the keys managed to find their way into an upside-down umbrella is beyond me, but it will definitely stick with me for a long time. And maybe there's a lesson to be learned from all of this. Opening an umbrella indoors isn't always bad luck. <laughs> Thanks, Colton. Incredible. That's a great... I don't know how it got... Maybe, are we sure that it was right side up and not upside down? Because it was upside down. It's very easy to imagine. Look, just man, falling right you got in. your keys right? in a fucking printer. So let's yeah, that's just... what I'm saying. Anything's possible. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I bet the umbrella was like just put in the stand, like in a stand, or like, yeah. you know, point down. I don't know. Anyway, I have this. This one. I'm just going to spoil the very end of this. It says, "P.S. Thank you, Patrick, for changing my life." <laughs> <laughs> these are the, these are the stakes as we go into this question. From, All right, from, from Alice. Did from I find Alice your keys? Winnipeg. Alice writes in and says, "Highway point. I moved out of my parents' house last November. It's been going well, all things considered. But one thing I've had trouble adjusting to is the new bathroom. All my life, I've been using. Uh, I, I've uh, been a sliding shower person, a sliding shower door person. So, what is the deal with this flimsy curtain? You barely touch the thing." And the whole damn rod comes crashing down. Every every single shower for months has been this delicate affair of gingerly nudging the curtain over to get in. Gingerly (laughs) nudging it back and praying I don't disturb it during the shower process. And every time I mess it up, which is not uncommon, I spend fives of minutes of my precious time trying (laughs) to get the thing back up again. Such a good phrase. (laughs) It's so finicky. I just want to get clean, man. Do I need to glue it? Do I need to install some kind of U-shaped rod holders to the walls? I just don't want to deal with that. So I deal with it. I didn't. But then I was cooking dinner, listening to Waypoint 423. Patrick made an offhand mention of the mechanism by which he attached a curtain to his daughter's new bunk bed. My blood ran cold. I muttered, motherfucker, and went into the bathroom. Sure enough. The curtain rod had two distinct sections. How could I have been so blind? I sighed. I twisted the goddamn rod and got it <laughs> snug between the two walls. So I guess my question is, is there anything you've done wrong or goofily for way longer than you should have? Have you missed a crucial step or piece of information that caused you undue misery for an undue period of time? Oh. Thanks, Alice of Winnipeg. Rob is. I went through Rob's that whole this. email. Yeah. Convinced that like. Oh, yeah, we've all had, like, a shitty torsion bar yeah, uh, shower yeah, curtain uh-huh. rod. Like, absolutely. Yeah. But to not <laughs> yeah, know yeah. that that's how it worked is a different thing. We have all had that yeah, shower absolutely. rod. By the but way, though, it never is good. It never does work. No, it never real. Ah! Yeah, it never works as well as a door, certainly. No. Or as well as, like, a bolted-in well, rod. Well, the thing is, it works. they're like, fine. They're they're okay. I think the issue often surfaces where it's like, okay, you really got to ratchet really it gotta, in there. Yes, yes. But then inevitably at some point, it will slip a little bit weirdly. Yep. And now the shower curtain's at like kind of a gnarly angle. Yep. And you're like, oh, wow, I really tightened the shit out of this thing, didn't uh-huh. I? And so you start trying to, and this is where you, you doomed yourself for life and you're probably going to just need to buy a new bar. You start like pulling it, trying to get it back straight, and then the entire thing just whips out of shape, and like now it's just on the floor. Yep. And you're like, surely now I can just get it back in there. No, 
No, you can it will get never it be the same towards there, mm-hmm. but it will never be in the same position again. A hundred percent. Yeah, torsion bar has is basically like a permanent install. It's lying. <laughs> yes. It's like yes. no, like once this thing comes out of its imaginary socket. You're done. You're done. Uh, You're never going to get it back to where it was. I had no. that. That was my situation in my last place when I lived in Canada. And it was the first time I had one of those. So I knew how it worked because I'd seen them before as like in other formats, non-shower formats, that sort of torsion bar for like a um, – I've seen pull-up bars that do that, right? Things like that that, that are like really heavily uh, uh, torqued like that. Uh, this was just the worst one. It, it, it I think I should have just bought a new one immediately. But I did the thing of being like, eh, it's basically fine. I live here alone. It's fine. If, you know, like if it falls out in the middle of a shower, it's just going to annoy me. You know, it's not like I have a roommate who it also has to deal with this shit. Um, so so I dealt with it. Anyway, Alice, I'm very happy for you. I'm happy that you've Wonderful. been able to fix this. Um, a couple more and then we'll we'll wrap up here. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm I'm. We get a lot of emails mm-hmm. from Waz. You may recall ah. the Wazinator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got a pair here uh, that are that are actually just good deep emails. I think if you go, he back said a time, banger about machine learning. Yeah, we'll get to that. that one second. That's the second one. The first one's like a genuinely good question that I'm curious about with y'all before before we wrap up. Waz says. Is there such a thing as too much music in your daily life? I have a rather weird relationship uh, to music in that I did not actively listen to music until late high school, early college, mainly because my only real exposure to it was my parents' CD collection of classic rock and the terrible kids-oriented CDs my grandparents would get me. Because of this, I did not sit around listening uh, listening and enjoying music as a kid. It was mainly a thing that I thought was okay while riding my car, but not worth spending my limited funds on. After going to college and discovering the ability to just download music off the internet and YouTube, I got much more into music and have honestly been listening to music at pretty much any time – sorry, at pretty much any time there's nothing happening that requires my attention. This leads to my question. Is there such a thing as too much music? I realized today that I had not put on my headphones or played any music and it's already almost 5 p.m. and just the, the ambiance of the house is kind of nice. I almost feel like my dependence on constant audio, either in the form of music, podcasts, or videos in the background as a stimulant, is almost a dependence now in the same way that I do not – that if I do not have a whole pot of coffee by mid-afternoon, I might as well crawl back into bed and wait for the day to be over. Do you need constant audio in your life? And if so, how do you feel about your relationship with it? Are you all like background music listeners? No, but I always have headphones on and it's mostly podcasts, right? Mm. Um, okay. It it is weird to notice how much of a constant it is. The moments when like, oh, I forgot to plug in my AirPods and I'm going to make a run to the grocery store and just like, oh, this entire experience feels different because I'm not focusing on two things, which is a weird thing to think about because, you know, podcasts require uh more focused than like you can have a background of music going and be like not really closely paying attention. But since my thing is podcasts, I often it's like I'm trying to actively listen and then also remember my list of things, which is why I always have to write it down. Otherwise I would forget anyways. Uh, But the difference is really, you know, and it doesn't come up often, but it is a 
like just walking down the street being like, oh yeah, this is what a city sounds like <laughs> without people talking in my ear constantly. Um, and it's, I don't know. I don't know how, how I feel about it other than I'm starting to find spaces or moments, mostly when I'm with my wife and like we're together, I'm not going to be listening to a podcast, uh, even if we're just going mm-hmm. to the grocery store or something. Right. Um, it's usually when there's other people where I like break that habit of always having my headphones in. Um, but I'm trying to like, when I make a short run every once in a while, I'll be like, no, just leave the podcast. Just leave it behind a little bit. And you'll probably do this. You'll probably do this errand a little faster, honestly, you know, (laughs) that's probably true. Yeah. I'm a very out of house music and podcast person, which means my podcast listening has like fallen Mm. apart in the last year. Um, I, I think, and, and to be clear, I can do the same tasks at home in silence that out. I want to listen to something. Um, I, when I was working in the office advice, I was headphones on all day, music playing all day. If I go to a cafe, music on. If I'm on mass transit podcasts, right? Like, uh, I'll listen to podcasts at work or, you know, when I was at the office or, or, uh, at a cafe also, but I tend to be doing more intensive work that requires my attention and so music fits mm-hmm. in better there for me um but at home i really love I, I, it is i think maybe it's partly because so much of my job has been to talk right. um i really like there to be quiet in my and also i work in my bedroom now and so it's like just mm-hmm. nothing um i don't listen to music at home i watch stuff at home uh, and sometimes if i'm eating i'll put obviously i watch i'll watch a show or i'll watch a video i'll watch chris remo solve a crossword puzzle as background audio but that's like it's actually rare that it's truly background audio when i'm playing a game i will put on a podcast like that's a that's a Mm -hmm. activity that does that but otherwise it's really hard for me to do that and it's been a bummer because it's meant since the pandemic like i just have listened to way way less way fewer podcasts um uh you know i make the time do you know what i mean like i go out on a daily walk explicitly so i can keep up on the pod Uh, one because it's good to just walk around my neighborhood but also just like it's good to have that space where i'm like okay i'm going to listen to a podcast this this, just king things will not continue to back Mm -hmm, up my feed mm -hmm. indefinitely like i need to get through this i need to hear what they think about uh you know the gunslinger which they just did a a couple weeks ago that's definitely Um, so, I was yeah. gonna say that's definitely like the actual like a big push of it of how bad or not bad necessarily, but how constant it's gotten for me is that you used to have to commute mm-hmm. and I would you know be able to catch up on podcasts during that because it was about an hour. Um, but now it's right. like no, yeah. I don't have that hour, so I'm gonna be at home doing errands or whatever. Like I don't wash the dishes without listening to it, even though I could probably wash the dishes right. in like two minutes instead of like 15 yeah, quiet. <laughs> it was quiet and i'm like paying more attention to what i'm doing um but also I, i'm curious whether or not how was your like growing up i realized this is part of it yeah, growing sure. up my house had something on constantly there was never a silent all moment all the time 100 percent. and i've realized yep. now that it's 100%. like partially why i default to that but also uh kind of don't it's i'm starting to like um there's more friction there than i like it like it's like the thing mm. that my my mind wants to go to immediately but when i have a silent moment i realize oh this is this is nice actually and i should probably yeah. <laughs> like take this in a little more often i grew up in a house that was always playing music or mm-hmm. always had a tv yes on. yeah 
Um, and and it's it means I can sleep through. <laughs> like I can I can uh-huh. sleep through uh-huh. anything. So I took so many naps in the middle of the day while my mom was listening to music loud and or it's like, you know, she was cooking dinner and had music on, like, which absolutely her right. And I was like, I'm going to I'll fall asleep. Or we had people over and the music was playing off all like I can sleep through whatever because of that. Um, but I do wonder if it's it's given me the opposite reaction to you, which is like now that I ha- or maybe it's the reaction you're going through now, which is like now I associate silence with my own space right. in a way that's different. You know totally. what I mean? So I'm a very I'm also just a very quiet person in a way that I think can be off putting if you only if you only know me from podcasts or <laughs> if you want to spend time with me because you're friends or family and like my company and that's very flattering. I'm a very withdrawn, quiet person. And I think largely because this is what it means to be on for me is my job. Yeah. Like I turn it on in these situations. And so my favorite moments with people who I love are quiet moments of cohabitation. Um, and then and then you have the spark of, oh, we watch a thing. Let's talk about it and discuss it. We both read a book. Let's talk about that. Or we're talking about music or something. But the thing that makes me feel at ease with people tends to actually be very quiet moments, um, tends to be, again, that, that style of cohabitation more than me needing to be podcast because podcast Austin existed before podcast existed, right? Podcast Austin was a 12 year old trying to have conversations with his mom's cool poet friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like trying to be funny and try to impress people. Um, uh, and so that became a job in a way that is weird. It has made those sorts of relationships strange. Um, I think I'm not, I, I've had that skill set for a long time, but it's always been turning on a skill set versus being like a naturally gregarious person mm. or something. Um, and I think it becoming my job has made me increasingly quiet and withdrawn in private life. So, uh, you know, these are the costs. Um, anyway, I do want to get to this other email from Waz. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's massive, but it's a fantastic email. And I will at least read the setup and then a couple of quotes. Rob, you also read this. And also, Rob. You asked a question about machine learning. You've seen now that there are like a million answers in the in really the, good ones, really great ones. I didn't read any of them because you were gone, but there are some yeah. incredible ones. I don't know if a future pod you want to get to it or if you want to turn those into something or think about it. Yeah, but. I was. I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. At this point, should I hand this off to somebody from Motherboard uh, to just be like, hey, right. Uh, there are some interesting. But, but I'm sure they already know this. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It, we're doing a waypoint 101 for ourselves <laughs> on machine learning and AI. Yeah. Well, to a degree, the question was also like, kind of feels like this entire field might be kind of compromised. And it's a lot of people being like, you have no idea how compromised (laughs) this field is. So, yes, exactly. Um, this one from, from, from Waz, who, for people who don't know, the Waz slash the Wazinator has written in for years and we have read a lot of emails from Waz and they tend to be very goofy ones that we love. There are things that I'm just scrolling through. What is the perfect peanut butter and jelly uh, sand sa- peanut butter and jelly sandwich? One of these is what is the best tasting color and worst tasting color on the rainbow for reference? And then list the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> Incredible podcast question. I think that there is a if you do podcasts where you do a question bucket or or, or equivalent, you you come to to lean on questions like yeah. these. If you're making trail mix, what are you putting in on it? That was Waz. There's lots of classic waypoint questions that came from from Waz over the, the past 
however many years. Um, but this one is, which is all to say, I was surprised when we got this treatise on machine learning from Waz, which I shouldn't be, because I shouldn't dismiss someone just because they send in good questions about food. Um, uh, Waz says, I wanted to touch on Patrick's article, Unity Workers uh, uh, Question Company Ethics as it expands from video games to war and the discussion about it in episode 421. Anyone who works in tech needs to be working under the assumption that what they are working on is or will be used for the harm and killing of people at some point, regardless of what industry you work in. To think otherwise is to be naive and a clear sign of trying to pass off responsibility. Anything you do is going to either be directly used or used through proxy for a purpose you do not morally agree with. There is no such thing as being morally clean in tech. All of us are implicated in one way or another, and we do not get to wash our hands by saying my project isn't meant for evil. I implore, I implore anyone who is in tech, studying to be in tech, or is just concerned about the ethics in tech, to read this interview done by Joseph uh, Weizenbaum, one of the founding fathers of modern AI and the creator of chatbot Eliza, who became increasingly concerned with computer science uh, uh, with uh, MIT in 1985 about his concerns in regards to the ethics in computer science. Uh, and the name of this is Weizenbaum, uh, W-E-I-Z-E-N-B-A-U-M, Examines Computer and Society. Uh, it is available uh, at tech.mit.edu. Um, I think if you just do a search for Weizenbaum, Examines Computers and Society, it will be the top hit. Uh, uh, it wasn't when I did a search just now. Um, the following are excerpts from the interview with my own emphasis added. And so there's a huge excerpt here that I'm not going to read all of, but I will read the bits of that Weizenbaum, again, the creator of Eliza, one of the earliest chatbots, maybe the earliest chatbot, the one that I think I learned about mm. first, certainly. Um, uh, uh, basically saying again and again that to be Working in tech means to be working through the military or for the military, directly or indirectly. You know, he says the computer was, of course, born to the military, is very deeply involved in the military. And instead of saying that the computer is involved with the military, what we should say is the computer is involved with killing people. It is only when you come to that vocabulary, I think, that the euphemism begins to disappear. And I think that it's very important that it disappear. Um, uh, uh, later on in this, um, you know, uh, other people will say, and I think this is widely a widely used rationalization, that fundamentally the tools we work with are mere tools. This means that whether they get used for good or evil depends on the person who ultimately buys them and so on. There's nothing, uh, uh, there's nothing bad about working in computer vision, for example. Computer vision might someday be used to heal people who would otherwise die. Of course, it could also be used to guide missiles, cruise missiles, for example, to their destination and all of that. You see, the technology itself uh, is neutral and value-free, and it just depends on how one uses it. And besides, consistent with that, we can't know, we scientists cannot know how it's going to be used. So therefore, we have no responsibility. Well, that is false. It is true that the computer, for example, can be used for good or evil. It is true that a, heli a helicopter can be used as a gunship and can also be used to rescue people from a mountain pass. And if the question arises of how a specific device is going to be used in what we call an abstract ideal society, then one might very well say one cannot know. But we live in a concrete society. And with concrete social and historical circumstances and political realities in the society, it is perfectly obvious that when something like a computer is invented, then it is going to be adopted uh, uh, for military purposes. It follows from the concrete realities in which we live. It does not follow from pure logic. But we're not living in an abstract society. We're living in a society that we, in fact, live in. So it is not reasonable for a scientist or technologist to insist that they do not know or cannot know how it is going to be used. And going back to Waz here, let us look at video games, for example. You help create the next Madden? Guess who's streaming Madden, using Madden as a recruitment tool at an event 
uh, at the local high schools, the military. What do you think happens with the code you write in the studio? You don't own that code. Your employer does. And do you trust your employer not to sell off the code? If the government swings by and says, we're impressed with your network engineering, would you be interested in a nice, fat government contract? The fact of the matter is that everyone in tech is either directly or indirectly involved in technology that is ultimately going to be used for killing and oppressing other people. It is also not just military and oppressive government forces. How many people would you say have died due to social media? How many people have died from the information in an Excel workbook? How many people have died from services that uses AWS, uh, which is the the Amazon uh, uh, server set, right? Um, there's a, I forget, I always forget what the W stands for. It drives me up the wall. Uh, is it right to say that anyone involved in the patch, uh, the, the Apache HTTP server project is ultimately responsible for all manners of vile and harmful websites hosted using it. Is it right to say that you invented the tool that was meant for good and, and uh, it was others that took it and made it bad? Are you still uh, not in some way responsible for the product of the tool you helped create? This isn't to say that I think all of us in tech should just quit our jobs and take a vow to never touch a keyboard again. I think we do, however, need to be more aware of what we are doing in the world and actually be honest with ourselves about what it is we have impacted and have the potential to impact. I believe it to be incredibly unethical to take a stance of ignorance is bliss in tech or to be a denier of what you've contributed at large. Regards, Waz. Uh, shout outs to, to startling honesty. Uh, shout, shout outs to just like saying the damn thing and then living with it. Um, I, I think that, I mean, again, I was surprised to see what's the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, a writer to write in and say this. I had no idea what Waz does for a living, um, but I was really appreciative of this, uh, and I think that this this perspective is one that we have worked through in a, in ways large and small in the podcast for years. Right? It's the like what? How much do we need to confront what we do and the the systems that we're part of? What can we do about it? What can we do when it feels like there's nothing we can do about it, which is often <laughs> um, to what degrees are these questions of systems and not individual choices and, and to what degree are systems made by individual choices and can we intercede? Um, and I think the for me, you can't intercede enough unless you start at the place of raw object as close to objective as you can be honesty about what it is that you, you're doing and what it touches, right? Um, which is why I think that the, the takeaway from this email is is right that like you have to start at rejecting the the ignorance is bliss position, reject the the denial that what you're part of could be doing harm probably does do harm at some point, and start with an accounting. Um, and at that point, you can start to do a little bit more than that. Uh, only once you've done that accounting can you start building towards action, right? Um, uh, or, or at least building towards some sort of, uh, uh, informed action. I think there's actions you can take without doing a slow, you know, uh, uh, well, one day I'll finish figuring out all the bad stuff I do and then I'll, and then I'll <laughs> take action to change it. Um, so yeah, thank you to, to Waz and thank you to everybody who's written in, uh, about the machine learning stuff. Uh, I, I again, we didn't read it because Rob was out, but there are a bunch of great emails about, about all of it. So thank you for writing in. I think that's it for the question bucket. Okay, but I can't. Okay, hold on. Uh, mm. You have something else come in? What's up? What's up? No, we just. Mm. All right. If you don't want to know anything about, I cannot let you leave this podcast without addressing, like what happened this morning and the the lore implications within. Oh. You don't want to know anything about? Yeah. The uh -huh. Matrix. Oh. Yes. Skip this. Skip this section. Like, if you're going in, like, fuck yeah, I don't want to know anything about what's going uh, on in that anything. sequel. Anything. Yeah. Like, go oh, away. Shit. But all right, I'm gonna read. This tweet from Elix. You already know where this is going, Austin, but I just wanted to set it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there was a trailer this morning that came out for the Matrix uh, Resurrections, which is coming yes. out in December. Uh, the fourth Matrix film. The fourth Matrix film. Uh, really excited for a lot of people to find out Morpheus has been That's canonically true. dead since like 2007 or something because of an in-game event in the Matrix Online. Quote, hey, why isn't basically the main guy in the new movie? Quote, well, he got shot in an alleyway in a video game you can't legally play anymore. Sorry, boss. There's nothing we can do. Um, and if you look up uh, the uh, Twitter account of Tristan Cooper, who also runs the Can You Pet the Dog account, lots of other really good stuff on the internet, they have a clip of where uh, Morpheus gets shot by this very creepy assassin that comes like sliding out of the wall. It's wild. Which is to explain that in the, in the, in the, in the new film, there is a Morpheus-like character – Played by uh, a new actor, the actor whose name escapes me. But he was he played uh, 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 he was in Watchmen. He's a really good uh, actor. Um, anyway, why why would a Morpheus like character be here? But why would Lawrence Fishburne not be Morpheus? And I just need I just needed you to I don't know I, I was there to put that out into Patrick. The I was there when it happened. Okay, uh huh. I helped find this. Assassin. Oh my god, I was there. Matrix Online character One Strike was there and <laughs> and helped track down the killer of Morpheus and fight him in a factory or some shit. Uh, 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 forget the name of the, the guy who killed him. Um, but, but it was absolutely evidence. I assume it was one strike. No, uh, no, it was probably some sort of terrible pharmaceutical company. Well, and as reading, we've already established, the, uh, you know, I was reading an article about this what and like, his I, name, I, I understand the Matrix online is canonical because the Wachowskis, you know, uh, contributed story, to it um but the, the notion that i think people think at the end of the Matrix revolutions that there was peace between the machines no there was there was peace for zion and there that, was stability there was right. but there was the Matrix into a cold online, war right proposes that eight months after that the machines sort of like pick up or like yeah fuck it time to start mining these humans again well and that, no, that morpheus starts it's dropping, more complex than that sure okay hold hold on uh okay starts dropping what i was described to me as Code bombs. Yeah, code bombs. Uh, to yeah. wake more people up to fuck with the machines because they hadn't returned the physical remains of Neo um, at the that end. That is of, correct. So that was part of the deal. They did not do that. There were three factions in the Matrix Online. Um, there were, there was Zion. Dead Orbit. And, dead, right, Dead Orbit. Uh, the Numa, cult. Yeah, uh-huh. This is <laughs> exactly. Um, there were the there was the Zion side, the machine side, and the Merovingian side. Uh, the you if you played that game, you're playing a human, even if you're playing for the machine side. And the thing to understand about that is those are people who go, you know what? They're the ciphers. You're playing a cipher Ignorance from the Matrix. Bliss. It's not you no know, because you know yeah. Yeah. you know that it's the Matrix, but you go like. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Look around. Mm. This is better than what humans could make. I'm gonna. We're just gonna stay connected. We. I can live my life to the fullest. I can jump yeah. across buildings now because I know it's the Matrix. I've the truth has the, the 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 scales have fallen from my eyes. I see the truth for what it is, and I vote machine. Um, and then the Merovingians, who I believe are just kind of weird opportunists, who were like agree with that, and then they go. I actually don't really. The people who should rule are people who are in this space who are not people who I, I want to say they, they kind of associated with like 
the people who uh, want to stay in but don't want machine control. They don't want to go live out in the, the quote unquote real world. They don't care about you want that. The fantasy, but, but you don't want to be directed to what exactly, you have to do. In the, the, you exactly. want to have the shackles off in the fantasy itself. That is exactly right. Um, and, uh, it kind of falls into a sort of cold war between these groups where, I mean, it's not a cold war. You're fighting constantly. Pretty hot war. <laughs> it's a hot war, but it's not a, but it's not the war that you saw in revolutions where it's like right. all over, you know, right. you're just like constantly going for it. Um, the assassin who killed Morpheus was a waste recycling program, uh, originally who then got kind of developed into the assassin form and then sent after morpheus i forget who i forget who did the kill i forget who like sent the assassin program after morpheus to stop him from deploying these code bombs it's been such a long time but i fought a bunch of uh, i fought the assassin i fought the corrupted programs that that he set at us i was there more than anything I, you know, I, you know, the Matrix is not my thing. I'm excited, but like not in the way that other people are. Like, yeah, like Gita using. right now is just yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some people who have, for who have been activated, and I'm yes. very excited <laughs> for them. But I would love nothing more than the Matrix Online, and for you, Austin specifically, the uh, the Matrix Online to be to stay canon. And oh, I want it. Yeah, and in some way, has to be explained. Um, even if, you know, they do it in a way that doesn't, you know, I don't know, who knows, but like the idea that that could be a plot detail in the movie that explains why a different actor is Mm -hmm. playing Morpheus is so good, is so good that I'm going to, whatever the movie's answer is, that if it's not that is dis is disappointing by (laughs) basically just re-rack the Oracle scene where it's like, I know I'm not how you remember me, but I was killed by a disgruntled garbage man program. (laughs) <laughs> it's because uh, they wouldn't give your body back. <laughs> but um, I remember one strike. I remember yeah, I, he was there and he helped. I remember everyone. I, I think I mentioned this recently that like I reconnected with members of the Matrix Online Guild that I was part of back in the day. Nice. And more, uh, more, more ridiculous than that even is that I learned that someone I would then later become Jared Ray. Uh, the internet's Jared Ray turns out to have been in my Matrix Online guild in the mid two thousands, right? Without me knowing that it was Jared, um, which is wild. That's how the internet works sometimes. Small world. <laughs> yeah, would you believe that that uh, I was part of a of RP centric Matrix uh, clan in the mid two thousands? Weird. That was named after Jean Paul Sartre book. Weird. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, I just want to—I just want to shout out the, you know, the, the that piece, the death and rebirth of the Matrix Online that was oh yes. point years and years yes. ago. If you if you want some catch up on revival efforts, and then also part of what made that game, those efforts have still, my understanding is still stalled out. There's just stuff that was server side. There's too much stuff that was server side. You can you can get in and like walk around the Matrix Online. Um, but you can't, I wonder, I wonder if this movie play will play it like double up, you know, I would love interest that. that will allow to God, that would be fucking great. to continue. That would be amazing. I hope so. Um, what do y'all think of that trailer? Ah, uh, so many. Yeah. Questions. It looks, it looks amazing in a really uncanny way. Like, 
I don't know, something about the way they've lit these scenes and like framed things. It's just like, well, it's not green anymore. Right. But isn't that like sort of like canonically tied to the notion of the matrix being rebooted or something? Yeah. 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 No, it's just like Um, visually like absolutely stunning. Uh, I'm just flipping through it it now. I actually haven't watched it with the sound on because I didn't realize until we started talking about it that it was out there. Oh, the soundtrack, like the, the, the musical Uh accompaniment for the trailer is, Uh uh, is great. Um, Uh it's, uh, it's exceptionally on the nose. Uh Um, and there are moments, there are lines in the song that then line up with shots uh-huh. in the movie that are uh-huh. exceptionally on the nose. But it's it's I, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. To, to <laughs> yes. Surprise! It's, Good. It's yeah. another Alice. And there's like a sh- there's a shot of Alice in Wonderland, like a you know the book, Fuck and then yeah. it like uh-huh. lines up when it's talking about <laughs> Alice. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm. I I think it looks really good. Uh, you know, it does. It makes me excited to revisit all those movies i've also like never seen i saw like bits of the animatrix but not the entire thing what um, and i know that people you should watch the animatrix so yeah, i like i got it as i mean me i like so many other people their first dvd purchase or whatever was bundled yeah. with the dvd i, think I owned three copies of was because i think it was being bundled yeah. with so like yeah. that that the matrix itself sold so many it was it was the kind of movie you showed people be like all right look like, why do you want a DVD? Like, look at this fucking movie and how yeah. awesome it looks. Um, as yeah, I don't think I've watched Reloaded and Re- you know maybe I watched it when it was like you know late night on HBO, just like airing at some weird time. But I like haven't sat and revisited those movies in in such a long time. That's just I exciting. would simply even love if, it if, if come friends out, of mine would yeah. rewatch those movies and talk to me about them. That's all I would <laughs> mm. say. <laughs> not to me to my ears yeah that's uh-huh. all yeah yep as a listener that would be fun i would like to put that energy in the air yeah uh, we'll just have uh, to see if we know anybody that likes the matrix movies. yeah <laughs> put out a call anyone 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 on my motherboard listen i have a lot of friends who listen to this podcast anybody could start that podcast the limited run matrix re-listen rewatch podcast re-listen. <laughs> maybe by Jeez. maybe by then we can have a name for the name oh of the new, the name of the movie podcast is The Matrix Resurrection. <laughs> the mood the mood turns sharply as we once again are like, I just don't think Reloaded is that good. I'm sorry, I just can't. Oh my god! How long do you have to watch two two trucks race down the highway in 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 Los Angeles? Oh, I don't need up. that. That shit was wow. cool as hell. <laughs> god damn it! You're either for it or you're not. I guess. I mean, I was my, fully... my main. I, I really. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, f- friends th- that year, uh, in cosplay went to <laughs> Reloaded. Like you got photos. I I was looking. I was looking. I I don't think oh. so. <laughs> I don't think there are any See, photos left. Uh, what's from so that weird time. is Revolutions brought me all the way back in. Okay. So you're a Revolutions guy, but not a Reloaded. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I was like re- Reloaded. They do, they reloaded to me exist. feels like. <laughs> Oh fuck! We're gonna make this a trilogy. Uh, sure. How do we conclude a story that came to an end? How do we continue a, a concluded mm-hmm. story? And so it has like it's a second act that doesn't need to exist, and I don't think it really solves those problems. But then the third act that is created at the end um, fucking rolls. Ooh, all right, that's an interesting take. See, we're out there. Uh, well, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I, I'm cautiously optimistic is what I, I, I also haven't i don't know if i'll time to but i've i've not watched a lot of i also haven't seen speed racer like there's a lot of like oh, sister stuff that you never I got just around watched to speed racer. Yeah. Speed racer yeah. is great. 
I, you know, didn't watch Sense Eight. I know people really. I love like, Sense Eight. Yeah, I also never watched Sense Eight. Uh, I heard Sense Eight was fucking great. Eight yeah. like blew through. Spent one vacation that was supposed to be like hiking and like being outdoors, like in the Airbnb, just blasting through Sense Eight. Is is good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I, also, the, 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 lots of people are discovering that, um. Uh, the one Wachowski, right? Like they're not, they're not both back for. for it's only uh, Lana directing this. Yeah, uh, but like yeah. co-wrote this with some other folks, including the author of Cloud Atlas. So I, I don't. <laughs> Cloud Atlas, said, the 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 book, your actual, yeah, actually, yes, actually yes, the actual uh, book, which they which, uh, which they David Mitchell adapted. Um, right, right. right. I never watched there. I never watched. Yeah, there. I heard that was also like a a big, but like it had to do Cloud Atlas to do Sense Eight sort of thing. Like you can see an arc to to, to their work, and so I just. I don't know if the movies like everything I've heard, you know, I think I said this on a previous podcast where I was like, I was so curious to see what happens to this. It does by all accounts, they're not making a traditional sequel. And it's just like, if you're going to make a matrix Four, like take a big swing, you gotta fucking even, go for it. Even yeah, if, yeah. even if it, even if it, everyone comes out of it going, well, you took a big swing. Like that's, that's all I want from like a new Matrix. I don't need like a matrix for a new, generation you know past the torch sort of even if they still manage to do stuff like that um with a, with a set of new actors like have some big weird ideas you know how does the movie is the movie going to address the red pill blue pill thing which you know feels so different or is it just going to ignore it and uh right. like right. just say no actually the you know the way you presents it we're not going to acknowledge the way <laughs> movie's just like. going to come to a dead halt while uh lana wakowski comes out and just like look here's what it fucking meant <laughs> stop misappropriating this fucking scene I'm i mean kill- you know, I, w- I wouldn't put i wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't put it past her, her yeah. you know given, yeah. given the way that she interacts on you know on twitter um you know that tweet you know the, that image going around a billion times now yeah. for telling you know musk and uh uh ivanka trump to to fuck off publicly uh-huh. on twitter is, is a is a delight so uh-huh. i'm i'm here for Four months of people of matrix speculating, yeah. yeah, just like <laughs> yeah. like the like watching people get fired up over a website. Uh, that just doesn't happen very often. No, um, no. and to to see people like reanimated that way for the matrix, like it, it'll be a fun ride, even if it's a it you know goes off the rails by the end. Who cares? I'm I'm very curious. I the the. The gap between that first Matrix movie, the the years that passed between one and then Reloaded and Revolutions were big years in America. And the time since have has been real time in which we've seen the development of what post 9-11 action movies have developed into. Mm-hmm. And there is a real there's a real like you know, uh, a path di- diverged in the wood, in the <laughs> woods, uh, for American filmmaking. I feel that was like the Matrix on one side, and then kind of where we've gone now. Uh, I guess it, it, it's weird because, like, it's not that the Matrix was not part of the CG revolution that we can also look to Lucas and Peter Jackson uh, to, to talk about, but like stylistically, it felt like it was going a different direction. Maybe that that path also continued to develop, right? Maybe that path also continued to develop because. The, the things that influenced the Matrix in terms of like Hong Kong gun cinema did continue to develop. We do have the people are now watching this trailer and going like, why is John Wick in this movie? <laughs> so like, it's not like that path stopped. Right. Um, but it, I, I just think it's interesting to, to think about where that movie sat, how it was received, how that the rest of that trilogy was received critically at the time. 
um, where America and, and the world were at, but especially American audiences rejecting those later movies so heavily. Uh, uh, what was being lifted up at the time, and and it's re- it's time, it's time for a reevaluation of that series. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, I think we're ready for it. So, all right, time to end this podcast. We did it. We did a podcast. I, tried. I, I, I did. You know, <laughs> you, you did your best me. to extend it. Not the one to lob. You're a, not the five star. Here's, here's another twenty five minute. <laughs> yes. me. and I was like, <laughs> yes. I have been sitting on this yeah. for as long as I can. I was like, I'm going to push God. this pod to three hours. God willing. <laughs> Well, I got like a final, I got a final thing to to hit before. I was like, you got to close the 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 time spent here on something. Um, and I'd spent a lot of time for the last month being like, what the fuck is like my big farewell thing going to be? Um, and I think that like the mission here at Waypoint that we've done to greater and lesser effect over <laughs> over my tenure here, and that I know will will continue because I didn't just say that right away. Is like I know that. Waypoint is in good hands and that and that what's coming. I mean, it's already been in. I know it because it's already been in good hands because I already stepped back. I've already just been showing up for podcasts and streams for two years. I've not been making decisions. Um, uh, and so I know that that uh, the people on this podcast are going to continue to crush it. So like, whatever. That's already that's dealt with. That's easy. That's that to me. I have no no doubt about that. Uh, if I have doubts, they are larger doubts about the state of games criticism in the culture right now. Not because I think there aren't good critics. I think there are, in fact, great critics out there who are doing really good work, uh, 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 you know, not just at at Waypoint, obviously, but at sites like Unwinnable and Bullet Points Monthly, uh, and it's all over the entire, the entire, I can be here all day talking about incredible people across, across the space. Um, but what I do want to, like, leave on, leave Waypoint Radio on, is a, an ask that we don't go back to fucking brunch. Um, there has been an uptick, I would say, that I've observed in a lack of goodwill towards criticism in the last year. It feels like it feels like post Gamergate and through the Trump years, there was a willingness to give critics and specifically here i mean critics who are, are talking about political issues who are talking about issues of uh economics of race uh, of culture the space to take up some of the conversation around game releases around big issues um there had been a sort of like collective decision having seen how sick the world is that hard conversations needed to ha- needed to be had and that we didn't need to have them in the most couched way we we you could you could just say the fucking thing and it was important in fact not to fall into the trap of doing the sort of preview coverage where you go now the final game isn't out yet but i have a few i got a couple concerns um and i've seen and uh, i think this has come along with a sort of rise in influencer culture um, and with some very savvy folks whose job it is to get good coverage for their games, recognizing that if they give, if they hand out a few more keys, they don't have to open the door. That if you invite some people with melanin in their skin into the preview process, then you you're going to present as if you're pro diversity even if you're not necessarily pro equity 
or even if you're still releasing games that are a disaster when it comes to their racial politics. Um, and because the world is what it is, I don't have any bad feelings about people who say, like, yeah, I need to fucking take this key to go to this event to da 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 because I'm trying to like make a living out here. Um, that's the world that we're in. But I think that and we've talked about this recently, the ways in which players in the system have come to weaponize diversity and, and inclusion without actually doing the work um, or 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 who maybe do some of the work, but who don't uh, who don't want to hear additional criticism after the fact because they did some of the work. Uh, it's, it's rampant still. Uh, and I, and I, I see a pushback from people who I respect a great deal in this space or not a, it's not even a pushback. It's a gut reaction. There's a sort of like, haven't we done this already mm. in the air? Um, and it's, it's so frustrating and disheartening for me because there's still so much to do. And because I think it, it's the people who are raising their voices now often are from the next cohort. They're from a younger audience. They're people who are who didn't get to be part of the conversation when when you know games came out uh, uh, that, that they grew up and wanted to say something about. I think about like uh, Grace Benfeld wrote a piece for us a couple of weeks ago called "Why Do We Talk About Mass Effects Asari as if they're women?" And it's a it's a great piece and. It comes from someone who did not have a platform to talk about the Mass Effect games when they were coming out, and the remasters gave her a platform to do that. Um, and and I want us to extend. I want us, the listeners of this, to extend the same goodwill interpretations of criticism that I was that that was or extended to me in the mid 2010s when I first started getting a readership. Um, and I want us to be willing to check our own impulses to dismiss old questions or to dismiss uh, something as being extra critical. I, there is just this impulse that I've seen again and again that feels like we're out of we're out of the Trump era. We can get back to the business of loving games and talking about how good they are or the sense that there is that the mix has gotten too negative or something when in fact I think the mix is is more positive mm -hmm. than it's ever been in terms of the way we talk about games. Um, I, I think that there have been, there has been a real swing back towards, does it, is it fun? You know, yeah, of course the politics are bad, but is it fun? Um, and I want us to please like not give up the struggle of writing games criticism. I, I mean, I, I will always say the, the biggest disappointment that came from creating Waypoint was coming into it with the belief that there was a huge audience for thoughtful, considered, game criticism and reporting that took seriously the issues of the industry uh, and the ways in which the industry connect to the world writ large and learning, in fact, that there was not a huge audience. There was only uh, a, a sizable audience. There's only a decent audience. <laughs> um, and that when it comes to like huge trying to track down, you know, at run run media sites, you're talking about looking for huge audiences. You're not looking for like sizable audiences. Um, nevertheless, those questions are important. And I think we've seen I hope we've seen. Um, I, I will say we have seen. We have seen changes. Uh, it is so easy for me to get discouraged when we have the same one-on-one -on -one talk year after year after year about very similar issues, and it feels like there's been no movement. But when you look at at uh, you know the walkouts at Ubisoft and Blizzard this year, that's movement, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at the the situation in terms of where jobs are going and and the ways in which abusers have been pushed out, there has been movement. When you look at the the, the quality of conversation inside of the critical community, there has been movement. Um, this you know this podcast would not have existed as it is today ten years ago. Like there just wasn't a platform for it. 
um, uh, I certainly would not have been hosting it. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I do my best to take seriously the ways in which there have been changes. Um, but I'm a thirsty motherfucker. It is never enough. There is more to do. Uh, and the way that that stuff has to get done, the, the only way that that those those changes can happen is to enable and embolden uh, those of us in these communities who are paying close attention, who are doing the analysis, who are doing the work of of, of criticism and reporting, and to not retreat to a, 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 not just a resting spot. I think we're always allowed to find respite. We're always allowed to find take take a step back and and find refuge and find the thing that speaks to you because you just need some time away but i but there's a difference between that and the the rising impulse to shut down the person who says like ah fuck there's something about this game that just isn't sitting right and it goes back to the email that was said i think we have to start at a raw accounting however painful that is however frustrating that is however close to our fave that comes uh, and and start from that, and then build from there. Uh, because to do anything less is, I think, to regress. Um, I I don't want to go back to a world in which the people who have loudspeakers in this space are saying they only care about fun or that like the balance is off today. Because I've seen it from a lot of people, um, and and I think to that, I I think what you're mostly seeing is is uh, a sense of of fatigue. Uh, and so try to push back on that fatigue, try to find in you the space. And if you listen to this podcast, you're probably already in that that group of people who is happy to hear criticism and is happy to in- internalize it. Um, but if it's wearing on you, uh, this is my ask is like, try to find voices that don't wear, try to find voices that connect to you and, and lift those who lift people who are saying new and interesting things and, and who are who are providing, you know, perspectives you haven't heard before. They're out there. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm thrilled with with uh uh renata being hired over at at kotaku uh in, in the last in the last couple of weeks uh, renata is someone who i've seen grow as a as a game critic for years and years and like to see her step up and become write like some banger pieces she just wrote a great piece on disco elysium that is just fantastic go read that um uh there's a a, a youtube account that i love called umbrella terms uh, uh that is is uh fantastic um uh there, there are people out there like you can you can go find those people um uh who are people whose voices you haven't heard yet and i hope that in doing that you'll continue to develop that because it's so easy i think for us we've been the spear of a of a something or we became the spear of something that had already been in motion and in many ways we are we are now moving down to the the hands holding the, the rest of the spear and there's a new spearhead and I want to support that spearhead and I hope that if you're listening you do that too um, so thank you for for all of the goodwill y'all have shown me a thank you to the team here obviously I tried to sit down and write a list of like everyone who ever touched waypoint and it's just impossible it's just fucking impossible <laughs> it's because it's the three of you and then it's everyone else who worked directly for us it's Mike and Danielle and Danica and and uh, 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 who am I I'm Natalie obviously <laughs> Natalie and Joel, obviously, and Eunice, obviously, and it just goes and goes and goes, and it's and it's Jason and Emmanuel, and it's everybody at Motherboard, and it's everybody who helped me when I first got here, like Derek Mead and CL, and it's just too many people. It's Dylan and it's it's Daniel, and it's there's just too many people, uh, uh, and it just goes and goes and goes, and so like, uh, and obviously it's Gita who is still here, but only half in the Waypoint space. It's it's Colin and it's Trey, and it's a billion people, right? 
Um, so thank you to everybody who ever touched, and it's a billion freelancers who I didn't just say because the way that this stuff is structured means that they're on the outside instead of the inside, right? Um, uh, it's people who I who I'm so happy to see develop in, and take new roles. Speaking of people who just got hired, Nicole Clark and Nicole Carpenter, both of whom we worked <laughs> we worked uh, worked for us briefly or worked with us briefly, mm-hmm. uh, are both at Polygon now. Incredible, incredible uh, uh, reporters. Um, go follow their work. There's too many people, right? And so, thank you to anyone who ever touched uh, this thing while I was here and who helped support uh, the thing that I I got to almost got through it almost got through it uh that i was able to work on with y'all uh, has meant the world to me so thank you so much i love you guys one more time fuck capitalism go home peace When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. All right. Uh, Ready to do a clap? No. Uh, No. Not even a little. (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm ready. What's taking so long? Uh, 35? All right. 35. Nope, stop. What? I turned on neither of my recordings. Truly ready to do a podcast today. That's the right energy. That's the energy I actually Austin senioritis walker. That's true. I thought I I got over my senioritis like three weeks ago after I announced. Nope. Show up to the test without a pen. All right. <clears throat> uh, three seconds after. So made a dangerous discovery. Math, which is three seconds three, after. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whenever you are right now. <laughs> yes. I uh, What I cannot handle is when people are like, when they do like British timings where it's like, oh, like 20 of. And I'm like, I have no idea what 20 of is. Like with a gun to my head. I couldn't. <laughs> is that past? Before? Uh, what? What is it? Of. The. The thing that's happened to me before is I've had to do a clap or I've had to call a clap at the top of an hour where it goes from like 10 something to 11. And that's just a nightmare because you're like, all right, 11 at 11 hours. And then, uh, <laughs> what's that mean? What do you mean? 11 o'clock. Uh, uh, it's, it's no one. No one gets it ever. All right.